And good morning. It is a Friday edition, and some are calling it the Purplest Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the Fan Charles, Chief Grand Poobah here at Pressbox in studio with us. Good to have you back, sir. Check, check, check. Wish my voice was back. I think uh, yeah. this isn't, I can't blame the kids for this one. This is saying yes to everyone who asked me to appear on their radio shows all week. Like, at no point did I say, you know, I've done eight today. I probably don't need to do a ninth. Oi. Oi. I thought you were screaming at the TV watching tennis last night. Well, I was very excited watching tennis last night. As everybody knows, not only, I told you yesterday, not only did I bet on center before, but I didn't hedge. I doubled down and bet him last night as well. I was very excited about what that. Was it, what were the odds on him to win the tournament before the tournament was, started? He was plus five. Something like that, plus 500, something in that neighborhood to win the tournament. So um, feeling very good about that, debating whether or not now to hedge on Medvedev in the championship. But I think I might just ride it out. I've been a believer this whole time. It was his moment. It's not. Everybody kept going about how stunning it was. You know, again, center beat Djokovic two out of the three times he played him in the fall. Yep. It's not that stunning. This was building. But that's neither here nor there because we got a lot to do today. Um, coming up in just a second, Brian Billick's going to join us later on this morning. Jason McCourty, of course, the former Super Bowl champion. He'll be on the call with uh, Westwood One. We had his brother Devin on earlier in the week. They're doing the game together, which is cool. Also later on this morning, Bo Smolka will join us. We will check in with our friend Jay Cornegay from Superbook to talk about betting for this weekend. Danon Hughes, Kansas City Chiefs color analyst, will preview the other side of the game. And before we get out of here, uh, Trey Mancini will join us as we are celebrating. I, yeah, we are celebrating today, it being um, 18th birthday for our friend Mo Gabba. Um, and it's a very special day in Baltimore. Kind of really, really neat how it all kind of plays out, that everybody's wearing their purple, everybody's excited. Plus the Orioles caravan's going on, so there's a lot of purple and a lot of orange in town this weekend. And you know how happy that would make our buddy Mo Gabba. So... A lot to do on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We kick things off today right out of the chute. The Ravens are trying to become Super Bowl champions for just the third time in their franchise history. The man who was the head coach for the first of those Super Bowl victories. He is our friend, Mr. Brian Billick, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with me this morning. It's great to chat with you as always. Hope you're doing great. Good morning. Um, I, you know, I, as you imagine, Brian, it is a very exciting time to be in Baltimore. I, I wonder if I could present it to you this way. You had good teams. There have been really good teams in Ravens history, but have you ever seen a more complete Ravens team than the team that you're seeing this year? No, I don't think so. That's what makes them so special. You know, the the balance, as we've seen for years, of offense, defense, in varying degrees, running the ball, throwing the ball on offense, that balance, the dynamic play of Lamar Jackson. This is as complete a picture as we've seen with the Ravens team uh, and and now you know I'm facing some really good young quarterbacks. Now they just came through C.J. Stroud. They're going to have to face Patrick Mahomes. Um, and notwithstanding what happens in the Super Bowl, 
but uh, they have all the weapons to to take on all comers, whether it's Kansas City, whether it be San Francisco or Detroit, uh, across the board in a way that I don't think we've seen, you know, since I've been around the Ravens. Coach, uh, happy Festivus to you. Um, yes, sir. Good to talk to you. I'm wondering, and you know what it's like to be in the locker room as a coach of that, when when Kansas City prevailed, is there a gulp on your part as coach of the Ravens that you got to face him instead of the totality of the Buffalo Bills history? You know, I don't know. I don't know if the players process it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you tend to focus it more on the, the quarterbacks that you're facing, and that's really what it comes down yeah. to. You certainly have to look at the totality of the teams. Uh, as is the case, whether it, if you go in against San Francisco in the Super Bowl, we'll talk about that. Obviously, we get to that next level. But that's a team that in its totality, offense, defense, throwing the ball, running the ball, uh, it has the pedigree. It has been there. Um, yeah, it's, that's all part of it. But at the end of the day, and, and it's probably oversimplistic to think of it that way, but that's what we're a league of. You really is. It, it's Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It's Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy or Jared Goff. And, and ultimately, that, at least that's how it's going to be viewed. Uh, and, and obviously, this is a matchup. That's the one thing you look at. This, I mean, I, I, what, what's the line? Three and a half, four, which yeah. I think is a little small. I mean, you get three points for being at home. So for the Ravens only to be a half a point or a point favored, I, I, I don't think is, is uh, you know, adequately reflects how good they are and how this game should go. However, this is Patrick Mahomes. And different, the two things that will happen if Baltimore does not prevail. One, Kansas City is able to run the ball, and that's what they're about this year. With uh, Isaiah Pacheco, the physicality of that running game to challenge the, the Ravens' front seven that no one's really been able to do. And then, of course, it's Patrick Mahomes then off of that, coming up with the big plays down the field to Kelsey at key times or making this a, a one-score game or whoever's hands it is last. That, that's the formula for Kansas City to win. Yes, Coach Brian Billick, he's with us here on GCR. Coach, if I was able to separate it and, and, and try to have you be a completely neutral observer, and I realize that's difficult, but like, w- would you rather, would your hand rather be the team that has been playing better? To your point, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying about the Ravens perhaps deserving to be bigger favorites. They've been the better team this year. Or would you rather your hand be Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, everything they've accomplished, that they have never blinked in these moments. If you had one of these two hands, which would you rather it be? Well, I'll, I'll take either one. I mean, if you tell me I get to have Mark Jackson and confidence and, and history on my side, or I get to have Patrick Mahomes, who you're never out of it and has got two Super Bowl pedigrees. I'll, I'll take either one of those. I'll, I'm fine with either one of those. I tried to. Tried to get you to, 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 to get off the fence a little bit, but I get it. Yeah. Obviously, it's a very good situation to be in. If I could, just coach to follow up, because what you've talked about with Lamar Jackson, as being an offensive mind the way that you are, can you pinpoint what it is that Todd Munkin has brought specifically that has made this marriage work? And, and I, I don't want to dismiss anything Lamar had accomplished before, because we all knew how good he was. But this level that we see now, where he is seeing the field and the game has slowed down for him in such an unbelievable way. 
What do you think it's been about Todd Munkin that has has gotten him to raise Lamar Jackson's game even more significantly than what was already MVP caliber? Well, I think uh, Coach Munkin's done a phenomenal job, obviously, um, and taking nothing away from the job he's done because he has done a phenomenal job. At the end of the day, I, I think the, really the difference between Patrick Mahomes, a healthy, excuse me, a, Pat, a healthy Lamar Jackson this year and a healthy Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago is when they're playing uh, well as well, is, is confidence in the passing game. Even though I, if you look throw for throw, stat for stat, you know, they still lead the league in rushing, right, like they did. Throwing the ball, they're quite frankly ranked about the same. But because of a more diverse group of receivers, and particularly if they get Mark Andrews back, I haven't seen him whether that's a fact or not, but getting him back will be huge. Um, they have more confidence in what they're doing. They're more ready to go ahead and call that pass play. Lamar's more ready to stay in the pocket to make the throw down the field. And that in itself is an accomplishment. So I, I'm taking nothing away from it. I'm sure, you know, the schemes and what they're doing. Um, at the end of the day, and I don't mean to be disrespectful here, everybody's doing the same thing. Hmm. And quite frankly, they're not doing anything dramatically different in terms of schematically what they were doing under Greg Roman. They're just more confident with it. They're, they're doing it with better players. Yeah. And, and that one feeds off the other, and that in itself is a major, major step. Coach, w- looking at Kansas City's defense, I think you accurately stated how they're going to play the game from an offensive standpoint. Where are the weaknesses in that Kansas City defense for the Ravens to be able to exploit? Well, this is a good defense. Uh, it is. And, and, and they – they can put a pretty good rush on you with just a four and five man pressure. Spagnuolo's out, outstanding, and he's going to continue. He, he he reminds me of the Belichickian great defenses when they're not okay. They're just they're great four man rush or they're just a blitzing. Each week it's kind of like, well, what do we need to be? If they can get there with their four man rush and be zone on the back end, they do that. If they need to be more creative and bring that fifth and sixth man, they do that. If they have to move them around. So they they. They're a very versatile defense in that regard. Um, the, the difficulty for them will be, yes, job one has to be for Kansas City is stopping the run. Now, you do that at risk. I mean, if you commit the resources to stop uh, Gus Edwards running up the middle and, and Lamar killing you in the running game, yeah, they can beat you down the field with the big plays. So there's a price to pay. But they've got, that's got to be job one. I don't think they can sit back and, and, and stay in the zones and say, okay, you're not going to throw the ball down the field. Uh, I don't think they're strong enough in the front seven to hold up against the run, so I think the Ravens can move the ball down the field that way. Um, and, and so you're going to see them do a little bit of both. And so, it's, you know, pick your poison. you got to pick it at the right time uh, and, and recognize that, that, uh, that stopping the run is the number one thing. Just like for, for Coach McDonald and, and, and the Ravens. I, I, I was joking about it the other day. I was doing a radio show and uh, uh, my normal, normal run of radio shows and talking about, well, how do you defend Kansas City? And, and if I were the head coach, if I were John Harbaugh, I would go to the D.C. and say, look, I don't care if we lose 100 to nothing. <laughs> I don't want Travis Kelsey to catch a single ball. Okay? And we'll, we'll live with the consequences of what else happens. That's the thing that amazes me is how often you see in big moments Travis Kelsey is making the big play. Now, you can do that. 
and the Ravens are you know situated this Hamilton kid is something special I, I love what and the linebackers and the way they're playing you can take Kelsey out of the game now to do so you're going to leave yourself vulnerable to Patrick Mahomes throwing it someplace else and maybe running the ball so there is a price to pay but so likewise Kansas City has got to not give up the big runs and see what happens down the field can indeed Lamar Jackson if that's the only avenue make the big plays down the field and and for Baltimore we're not going to let Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift beat it. <laughs> we're not I knew you'd get I knew you'd get her name it. in there somewhere. But we're not letting those two beat it. Uh, Coach, if I could, you brought up Mark Andrews a second ago. There's almost been a bizarre like conversation that's going on this week in town where there's been a bit of a, hey, you know, things have gone so well without Mark Andrews right. being Do on the really field. Is there some it. world where his return might mess things up? And I, I, I know it's reflecting that there was a time where Lamar Jackson would almost zero in on Mark Andrews. There would be times where it would be that Mark Andrews was the only guy that he saw on the field. But as I pointed out, that was because at times Mark Andrews was the only guy that was worth seeing on the field for the Ravens. I, I don't have any fear of Lamar Jackson zeroing in on Mark Andrews if he returns because his options are so good. Is there anything, is it as crazy as I think it is to suggest that it could be problematic to bring back Mark Andrews when things have been going so well? No, no, there is no problem. Uh, I'll take that problem every day of the week. <laughs> Uh, of, of returning a good player like that. And because Lamar has already answered that question when you started the season and you had, obviously, Mark Andrews, you relied heavily on him, and you have uh, OBJ, and you have the young kid Flowers, that that, that did, would not develop or that he would, would still rely too much on Andrews. But they've answered that question. They, you know, they, he goes to Zay Flowers when there's a one-on-one matchup and he needs that basketball and grass mentality, the big plays and OBJ breaking down the zones when they present themselves. So Lamar has already done that. And, and to add to me, the big thing is you bring Andrews back now with the, the advancement of Isaiah Likely, and I can now get back into my two tight end configuration. Yeah. Spread out into a spread and, and four wides look that, that, that's going to challenge the defense. So to me, that's the biggest thing beyond just the sheer talent that Mark Andrews is going back. This puts me back because they've been out of it a while with Andrews gone. Likely has stepped up and played very, very well. But that, that, and then that obviously then the minute you have to go nickel against their 12 personnel for fear of what they're going to do down the field, then I'm going to run the ball down your, down your throat. Coach, uh, one of the things, nobody thinks of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen for that extent as as really running quarterbacks, but both of them, damn it, if if they really need a first down, they seem in the second half to get a couple via the run. What do the Ravens do defensively? Can you afford to, to spy on Mahomes, or is that a waste of, of your manpower? Yeah, you, I, I don't know. Unless, I don't know who you would. Certainly not a defensive lineman. Yeah, because the spy guy is does you no good. It's like dropping that eighth guy down the box. Well, is that eighth guy good enough to to make the open field one on one tackle? Otherwise, you know, you're wasting time. Um, so no, I, I don't. I think it's more about for for Kansas City uh, as well, but for Baltimore, it's had to fill those rush lanes. 
Yeah. How do you feel, you know, almost the slow rush that says, hey, you don't have to get home. We don't have to sack him. Just don't let him take off. And it's the same with Patrick Mahomes. Don't give him that alley. Don't give him that lane to escape on the four or five times that are organic. They're not necessarily called. That's the key. It's the four or five times Patrick Mahomes and certainly Lamar Jackson in a larger sense because of the big plays he can generate. But it's those four and five unscripted off schedule outside the design of the offense that, that, uh, that just kills you and breaks your back. So you've got to be very strategic about filling those rush lanes, which almost demands that you have at minimum a five-man rush. Mm-hmm. And, and you spy in the sense that don't, particularly in the middle, don't feel like you've got to get home. Be in control so that you can two-gap, and whichever way Mahomes wants to step up, you can take advantage. And for God's sake, <laughs> crashing in, do not take the bait and go inside and let these guys get outside the pass rush. Uh, coach, uh, but first of all, I, I know you always have, you've partnered with like a million people over the years, and I, I know you've always got something that you're working on. What can we plug for you to thank you for taking the time for us this morning? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, and it's not a plug, it's just a personal affidavit. There's a product called Signal Relief that I've been made aware of at my age, believe me, and uh, Stan, you're with me on this one. Yes. This is a main product. This is a patch. It's not a TENS unit. It's not an icy patch. It's it's, it's an amazing unit developed by the military that that you put where you need the paint, okay? The old idea that you know, motion is lotion and whatever you can do to continue working through the pain that you have, well, this thing is an amazing patch. If I'm 18 holes of golf, I put it on my lower back when I'm done. If I get out of the pool, it's my shoulder and my upper back. Then That then allows me to continue to do the stretching and the other things that I do. That, that deal with that prohibitive pain. This is an amazing product. People need to check it out. It's at what? signalrelief.com. Put in promo code COACH and get 20% off your first purchase. But this is uh, this is the real deal. And then particularly guys at our age, you know, where there is that constant prohibitive pain. I've, people that have tried that have told me, can I get a whole bodysuit made out of this thing? <laughs> but that's the great thing. This thing is it's, it's reusable for a year. Uh, you put it where you need it, and it's 100% money-back guarantee. So, uh, people need to check it out, signalrelief.com. That's awesome. And then, Coach, I, I promise this is the last thing I want to bring up with you, but we at PressBox, uh, we're so proud. We've partnered up with uh, Sammy Siragusa and Tony's family, and we've released this Goose Flights lager uh, this month that celebrates Tony, and it's perfect. It's got his silhouette on a beer. What more could you ask for? And we, we're raising money. 198 of every can sold is going to the Goose Flights Foundation. It's Festivus time in Baltimore for young people that still don't fully understand how important Tony was because they think about J.O. and they think about Ray and all of that. Can you explain to them why Tony was so significant to your team and that first silver Betty that we were able to enjoy here in Baltimore? Oh, my gosh. You know, obviously we had some great players, and Ray maybe was the emotional leader of that team. But Tony truly was the, the competitive heart and soul of that team in terms of the unselfish in the middle, giving yourself up so the others can make the play. Uh, that, that, that idea of play like a Raven, that toughness that's carried on for what, 25 years now, Tony was the heart and soul of this. And I'm, I'm excited that bit, you know, if it's related to Tony Saragusa one, it's going to be a full bodied rich beer yep. and probably overpriced and probably overpriced. <laughs> so you, you got 
It's not overpriced, I promise you that, Coach. And, again, it's going to the right cause because uh, Tony had this dream of goose flights and providing non-emergency medical transport to those in need, and we're raising money for that, which is a wonderful thing. Hey, Coach, do I have time for one quickie for you? Sure. Last night I read the most fascinating breakdown of why the Falcons ended up choosing Raheem Morris over Belichick because the owner – met with Belichick a couple times and and I think seemed to be inclined to want to hire Belichick. And it wasn't just age-related. It was structure of the team and what you'd have to tear apart from an organization. It, it painted a picture that's not really positive to his ever getting a chance to coach again. Well, I don't know. that it, 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 It's a commitment of being all in. I mean, you're talking about a Hall of Fame slam dunk coach that would instantly put an organization back on a footing to be good. The problem is, and I don't know this for a fact, and I'm just simply knowing Bill from the outside and knowing Mr. Blank and Rich McKay, who's the general manager. At the end of the day, I don't think Arthur Blank and Rich McKay could get comfortable with the fact that if Bill comes in, you got to, you got to clean out the building. Yeah, that's exactly what including Mr. Blank and Rich McKay. Okay. Because <laughs> yep. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that level of interference. Uh, I'm not going to sit with you every Monday, uh, Mr. Blank, and explain what we did. I'm sure as hell not going to let Rich McKay come in and second guess what I do. So at the end of the day, I think they recognize that was the, and, and to say to go that way wouldn't have been a better good choice. Yep. Not at all. But, but that organization in particular just isn't going to operate that way. Yeah, it painted an interesting picture. It makes it seem hard to imagine him getting another job. It really does. Okay. At Coach Well, Bill. right situation and where and, – and, and someone that's willing to go, you know what, we need that yeah. total – Yeah. we need to empty out the building and restructure it. Yeah, mate, that kind of team, certainly Bill Belichick would be a uh, yeah. uh, an interesting candidate. Coach, we're going to figure out a way. I'll be in touch. We want to get you, you a six-pack of Goose Flights somehow. So we'll oh, follow. I got a, a, although it's not, I stopped drinking, so it's got to, you got to do a non-alcoholic version. All right, we'll so. work on that somehow. But uh, yeah. I don't know that I don't know that Tony Glenn, would approve Glenn of will it. Just, what, Glenn will drink all the alcohol out of it, and then we'll send you. That's right. Coach, always appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time Thanks, for us Coach. this morning. Coach Billick on Twitter is how you follow him. And, again, uh, we now have five locations. Um, actually, it's more than five because it's all the Glory Days grills, but we've added another to the list as you can now get cans of goose flights at your neighborhood Glory Days grill, all seven here in the state of Maryland, plus at Alonzo's in Roland Park. Oh. Now cans are available as well. Sounds like a personal sales call by Mr. Colson. Uh, it is his hangout, so I was not remotely surprised that Alonzo's – we've also we've yeah. had a lot of partnerships. And, you know, famously, Alonzo's – like I think Jared Johnson spent more time at Alonzo's than he did at his own house when he was a Baltimore Raven. Uh, so there's a lot of history there with the Ravens, and that made a lot of sense. Uh, Costas Inn, you can, and also at Guilford Hall Brewery. And the wine. Uh, so the, I, I'm okay, going, yeah. yeah. Costas Inn and Guilford Hall Brewery, you can get cans and six packs of goose flights. And at the wine source, the standpoint's out in Hamden, you can get six packs and cases. cases of goose flights. So that's where it's available now. We're getting a lot. We've had uh, a bunch of locations that have already made, made second orders of goose flights. So that initial run of 5,000 cans, we're starting to put a dent into. 
I would get yours ASAP. It is the most purple Friday of all time. Go get yourself Goose Flights to celebrate that today. Goose Flights available now. Pressboxonline.com slash Goose Flights in order to find out more. All right. Uh, you're not going on Sunday, you said? you're. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. I get it. I get it. Stan, for those of you that don't know, he's still he's still working his way back to health. We've still been nursing him back. Uh, Griffin's been going over every day in a nurse outfit, which I appreciated. I thought that was very thoughtful of Griffin really, to do that. Really appreciate it. Yeah, My right. wife especially. Really enjoyed that. He's been going over to try to help out. So we, uh, we don't want to risk Stan to the elements at all, and the rain is still very much uh, in the forecast for Sunday in Baltimore, although – you know, there's so much pandemonium. It's supposed to be near 50, though, right? We were talking about this yesterday. I'll deal with the rain yeah. before dealing with, like, last week. Yeah. The cold, especially when it's cold and raining, that's hell. The warm rain, it does you know, not medium, yeah, you know. does not hit in the same way that cold rain does or just cold does. Today, it's supposed to get up to 70 degrees, which is unbelievable. Wild. Wild! All the snow is gone. 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 Even up by us in the Hereford Zone. Gone. 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 But yes, Sunday, uh, very much rain in the forecast, pretty much all day. A hard rain or a so it's funny you bring that up because I don't know how to tell the difference in a forecast. So I I reached out to somebody that I that knows a little bit more, and they suggested no, not a hard rain. And so how did they know that? Did they just I, I don't know. I got to be honest with you, was Stan. Was it Marty Bass? It was not Marty. You want to call Marty? You want to see if Marty can? I tell you, we'll talk to Jason McCourty, see if Marty will do five minutes. He's a busy man, but see if he'll do five minutes. I know he's not really doing weather anymore. He's out, he's out doing scouring thing, the yeah. town, you know, hanging out where he wants but to he hang. still knows weather. It's, it's a nice life to be Marty Bass at yes, this point, yes, right? Like to just say, I think today I'd like to go hang out at a bar. I think today I'd like to go... Nice life to be Marty Bass these days. But if Marty could do five minutes with us to tell us more about what it's actually going to be like on Sunday, that would be wonderful. We'd appreciate that. Jason McCourty is going to join us coming up next. He, of course, is on the call for Westwood One. We'll get his thoughts on this matchup between the Ravens and the Chiefs. The AFC Championship game is in Baltimore. In Baltimore for the first time since 1971. Stan the Fan is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special 
specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys, Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show is brought to you by Superbook. And, of course, if you've been using the code. Stan Charles 23. Stan Charles 23 or Glenn Clark 23 this season. And you've been going along with my picks. You're probably feeling pretty good. Uh, I've had a pretty good season picks-wise. I'm not trying to suggest that I know what the lottery numbers are going to be or anything like that, but... You would have made a little bit of cash this year had that been the case. This weekend, the numbers have held for like the last 36 hours. Ravens by four, Niners by seven. Those continue to be the numbers for this week's game. So, get in. There's also a bunch of prop bets available. For example, um, the first score in the AFC Championship game. The favorite is the Ravens to score a touchdown at plus 175. A Ravens field goal is plus 350. So there's some opportunities in there for you. Use the code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match win or lose. Does, does Superbook offer teasers? Like, could you um, they do have, a they teaser have, parlay for the two games? I don't think they do teasers. Okay. I don't think they do that. I'm, I, I, they, they do. Oh, you know what? No, you can do a teaser. They just, they apparently just added that. Okay. You could do a teaser. So, what are you trying to do? I'd like to bet. I, I'd love to bet the Ravens in San Francisco and get the tease. You okay. know, in other words. So, how much do you want? Let's say a. Uh, you mean I just picked the amount of points? Yeah. I'd like to have the Ravens. 
and six and a half points. The Ravens and six and a half. I'm trying yeah. to figure out what this would uh, would be. Would, would Wait a minute, not not the Ravens. Like Ravens and Pickham. I'm sorry. Ravens All right, you want to go down that. You yeah. want to go down. I want to go down. I want. So get... you want to go down four points. Yeah. And that would be. And then. And then also do San Francisco at like three points or something. All right, I'm going to have to do this math. But yes, it's possible is the answer with Superbook.com and the Superbook app. All right, um, this man, you know, we had his brother on the other day because they're doing the game together. And um, I will have to tell you, Jason McCourty, we asked Devin, we said, hey, how competitive are you guys? You guys going to be trying to compete to get more words in on Sunday? And he said, well, no, Jason knows I've played in more of these games I'm the real expert for Sunday. How do you feel about that? Well, that's the thing. You played in more of them. I've never lost a conference championship <laughs> game. He's lost plenty of them. So <laughs> if we need to talk about what it feels like to lose in that game, we'll definitely throw it to him and let him take over the broadcast. Well done. Touché. Well done, Touché. sir. Jason, appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're out of our gourds here in Baltimore because, you know, the Ravens have never hosted an AFC championship game. And this team is this good. But I think it goes a step beyond that. Like, it, it, this is electric. I, every championship game matters. But Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Like, everything about this is everything you could ask for, I feel like, in a playoff game in the NFL. Definitely. And you heard Lamar Jackson say this week, if you want to beat a champion, you have to go through the champion. So, when you look at both of these quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and what they represent, how well they play. I mean, Mahomes was the MVP last season. This year, kind of all signs of points. So Lamar being the MVP, the way they carry their team, the plays they make. I was fascinated by Lamar Jackson last week after the game, him saying that he was the guy at halftime that was the vocal leader. But beyond that, he came out after halftime and adjustments that Munkin made and Lamar getting the ball out of his hand quicker, making the necessary plays going to win that game, rattling off 24 straight points. I think it was unbelievable. It's so fun, this matchup with these two teams. And I think it's outstanding. When you break down the actual X's and O's, away from the storylines and the narratives, what to you stands out as the biggest story in how the Ravens will have to compete? What will they have to do right in order to win this game? I'm looking at from the X's and O's point for the Chiefs. You look at their all-pro guard and Joe Tooney. They're not practicing so far this week, and kind of his availability being up and down. And you talk about what Baltimore needs to do, I think it starts up front. And you have a guy like Justin Matabike, who's been absolutely dominant in this game. And the Chiefs have relied a lot on Isaiah Pacheco. And he's running the ball right down the middle. He did it last week. He put the game away for the Buffalo Bills. So I think their ability for Matabike and the rest of that front to stop Isaiah Pacheco. And now when it gets to the pass game, the one thing the Ravens have done a really good job of now, the BK's led him with 13 sacks, but it's not that one-star pass rusher that's been dominant for them. Davion Clowney, nine-and-a-half sacks. Kyle Van Noy, nine sacks. Those guys making sure Patrick Mahomes isn't comfortable in the pocket, and it doesn't come down to just sacks because it wasn't like they were sacking C.J. Stroud last week, but he was constantly under pressure. He couldn't just stay in one spot. The thing with Mahomes is he's so good. He's like Houdini in the pocket. Where we saw him last week where he's pump-faking Rasul Douglas, taking off going down the sideline or he's stepping up in the pocket to throw the ball down the field. If he's able to do that time in and time out, I think the Chiefs would be victorious. Hey, we just talked to Coach Brian Billick uh, before we had you on, Jason, and I asked him the question about, obviously, we don't think of Patrick Mahomes 
in the same light we think of Lamar as being a running quarterback. But darn it, in key moments, uh, Patrick Mahomes seems to be able to run and make a big play. How do the Ravens defend against that? Is there any way that they can try and tighten up those lanes? I think the, the main thing is, and they'll talk about it probably a lot in their defensive line room, is you want to close up those gaps where the quarterback is able to step up and take off. And it's easier said than done yeah. because there's times when you're rushing them, you're trying to get to them, and a guy steps out of his gap to try to get home, and that's where Mahomes steps up. The main thing is when he gets into that secondary is you got to be able to get him on the ground. I think that's the fun thing is when you think about the Mahomes scrambles in those crucial parts of the game, last week and pitch going down that left sideline against the Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship game right before halftime so many years ago, him tiptoeing the same way. And then obviously in the Super Bowl on a bum ankle, it usually comes to somebody having to step up and get him on the ground. And some of that is playing zone coverage and making sure there are a lot of eyes on him. But, hey, him, Mahomes, Lamar, those are the things that they're good at. When you have superstar players, there's going to be times where they're going to make plays like that and you just have to rebound. He is Jason McCourty. He'll be on the call for Westwood One this Sunday for the AFC Championship game. Jason, as far as defending Travis Kelsey is concerned, you know, in my mind, the answer is, well, this is why you have a Kyle Hamilton, right? But is it that simple? Is any one player, even someone as good as Kyle Hamilton, really the answer for going up against Travis Kelsey? It's that simple in a fact of there's going to be crucial points in the game, whether it's a third down, whether it's a point in the fourth quarter where there's a gotta-have-it moment where you say to Kyle Hamilton, like, you're our guy. We need it most. You're going to be in press coverage. You're going to be locked up with Travis Kelsey. But throughout the course of the game, it's more than just one answer. There's going to be times where Kyle Hamilton is coming off the edge and he's going on a blitz, and Patrick Queen may be bumping Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage and somebody else is picking him up deeper down the field. I think that's the one thing Mike McDonald has been absolutely terrific at this year for the Ravens. It's, it's not just one coverage that they run throughout the entirety of the game. They don't blitz you all game either. They mix their coverages. You'll see two high safety looks, then you'll see man-to-man, then you'll see all-out blitzes. So I think it's going to take the entire defense, but we used to always call it gotta-have-it moments. I think those are going to a lot of times come down to Kyle Hamilton being locked up with Travis Kelsey, and he's going to have to make a play. Because Kelsey's a guy, he's a, he's a made man, he's proven, and he's been in that moment so many times, and he's come up big for the Chiefs. Jason, I know what I'm going to say is kind of sacrilege uh, amongst uh, NFLers, but I watched every game that Ray Lewis ever played. And I got to tell you, Roquan Smith is in, that same, is in that same area. Am I crazy to think that he can impact the game as much as Ray? No, I I think the vein in which a lot of people are making those comparisons this week, and I think a lot of it, I'm close with Kyle Van Noy, and Mm -hmm. I talked to him this season, and one thing he said about Roquan Smith is that he's an absolute leader. And he said to me he elevates everybody's play around him. And I think when you look at Ray Lewis, what they meant to their team and their city, as Roquan came over from Chicago as a middle linebacker on the defense that was already good. If you look at how well Patrick Queen has played, and just as I turn the film on, the one thing about that Ravens defense, is they absolutely fly around the field. Those guys look like they have bad intentions for whoever has the ball, and all 11 guys are trying to get a piece of the tackle. I think the difference is you think about Ray Lewis's time when he was at that middle linebacker spot, there was never a question of, like, who was the best linebacker in the NFL. Everybody, without a doubt, was going to say Ray Lewis. I think for Roquan, he's one of the best. I think you also look at Fred Warner, the different guys. Mm -hmm. But, man, you talk about you have one of those two guys in the middle of the defense you know it's going to be a good one. 
Uh, just another couple of minutes here with Jason McCourty. Jason, I wonder if you could, because you bring up leadership, what we have seen from Lamar, and like we always knew the player he was, but obviously that level is even raised. But I, a lot of people would look at this week and, and maybe the pressure of it being Mahomes and it being this, you know, be the man, you got to beat the man thing. But I, I don't know what we're seeing, the zone that he's in, that look that he had at halftime, him going and cussing his guys out, being demonstrative on the field towards his offensive linemen and them responding. I, I just don't know that I feel like anything is getting to him pressure-wise versus all of these things really being opportunity for someone who's just kind of on a different level at this point. Throughout my 13-year career, there's, there's certain guys you play with that are just different. And I don't mean just different from an athletic ability of what they're able to do on the field on a Sunday. I mean different in a sense of when you're in a locker room and you can be nervous as all hell getting ready for a Super Bowl game, a preseason game, whatever the case is. And then there's guys that are just smiling in their locker and they just look as cool as a fan. And that kind of Lamar Jackson, the way he does things, his mom negotiating his deal, the way he moves about, uh, the clothes he wears, everything about him I feel like is just a little bit different and you can't quite put your finger on it because he's his own person. And to your point, pressure, magnitude of the game, going through the champion, he says all the right things. I don't think any of those things bother him. I think his journey uh, to get to where he's gotten, he's been doubted before, uh, he's been counted out, and he just shows up. I think he loves playing football. I think he loves doing it with the guys that are in that locker room. And then he looks at it as, we're going out there on Sunday. My only goal is to win, and I'm going to have fun doing it. So I don't think pressure, moment, legacy, any of those things matter to him. I go back to the night he was drafted in 2018. Deion Sanders was interviewing him, and he asked him, what could you have done to move higher? And He didn't care about any of those things. He said, I'm going to bring a Super Bowl to this city. Believe that. And I think he does. And that's his one goal in mind. Uh, it's, it's been remarkable to see, and we've been very fortunate, obviously, in this town to be able to watch that young man play. Jason, I know how busy you are. Uh, what can we plug for you, man, besides uh, listening on Sunday on Westwood One? Man, I'm on daily on Good Morning Football on NFL Network with my crew, Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, and Will Selva. So you can come check us out. Uh, Monday through Friday. And, of course, we know Peter's a big rave, a big Baltimore guy himself, married a Baltimore girl, and so he always carries mm-hmm. the banner for everybody here. At Jason McCourty on Twitter is how you follow him. Jason, really appreciate you taking a few minutes for us this morning, man. Enjoy your trip into town. Let's talk again soon, all right? Sounds good. Thanks for having me. It's Jason McCourty, of course, a Super Bowl champion, now with the NFL Network, and will be on the call for Westwood One, which you'll be able to hear locally on 105.7 The Fan on Sunday. Uh, Marty's going to join us in a few minutes. We're going to get uh, some thoughts on Marty Bass. Yes, on uh, the weather for uh, Sunday and what to expect. So I'm, right. I'm excited about that. that sounds good. The, the the thought that I just brought up, like the the pressure aspect of this, I, I'm not saying the Ravens are can't lose on Sunday. This is football, right? Like who who knows? But I would be stunned. If it was because they look like deer in headlights, I would be stunned if it was because Lamar wasn't ready for the moment. Like, I get that he's never been there, so we don't have anything like that to fall back on the way that we do with Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. in these moments. But the cat that we're seeing right now and the way it's wild to me because some guys that are demonstrative, I'm not trying to make this... Steve Smith was demonstrative, and it did not resonate with his teammates. Mm-hmm. He would get after them, and they would be inclined to MF him and say, I don't know who you think you are. There was a lot. It just wasn't the same because he did it constantly. 
Lamar, in that moment on Saturday, screaming in front of everyone, in front of the world, at Ronnie Stanley, didn't get back, uh, you know, who, who the F do you think you are? He got back maybe the best half of football that we've ever seen from Ronnie Stanley afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. It, the zone that they're in, I would be stunned if there was flat, if there was not prepared for the moment. They lose, they lose, but it would stun me if that were the case. Look, you and I are big tennis fans, yep. and we got to witness sort of like a Lamar versus Mahomes moment last night. I think it's a, a fair young comparison. player, Yannick Sinner, uh, really devast- uh, devastatingly taking out um, Novik Djokovic. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I sort of – I know football's not one-on-one like that, that the, that the quarterbacks really aren't playing against each other. But I think this is Lamar's moment, you know, and I'm I'm nervous as hell that it's up against Mahomes because of how much respect I have for him. But we won't. I I really agree with you totally. If we lose the game, it'll be a great freaking game. We'll be crushed if we lose, but it won't be because deer in the headlights look like they weren't ready. This team is is ready. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Stan, you've had a couple of shows this week? Yeah, uh, Ross was out of town. He was on the Orioles cruise. Uh, Hopefully he'll make it back by next Monday. Uh, But Luke Jackson and I talked about the Orioles' uh, ongoing pursuit of pitching and uh, rounding out this roster. Uh, And then I had Eric Garfield on again last night, um, and that's available right now on the website. We We had an interesting talk about the rarity of what the Orioles have done with the three number one prospects in baseball in a row and the possibility of adding a fourth and maybe a fifth in Mayo and Basayo. Um, He's incredibly high. Not not that he's not high on Mayo, but incredibly high on Basayo. It's an embarrassment of riches. It at some point, as we talked about, and, and then look, I, I would give Mike Elias alluded to this yesterday when he had his chat with the media as part of this uh, caravan. He said, you know, he thinks it might have to be via trade that yeah. the pitching is acquired. Yeah. I, I know that the, the price for Cease continues to be, according to other sources, astronomical and overwhelming, and that's the reason why there has been no deal made to this point, but... You do wonder as we get closer to spring training if at some point the White Sox don't say like, "Dude, we're not winning anything." You know, what I, are we doing? I, I've written this now. Do I know uh, Chris Getz uh, or Peter Bendix? No, but I think that Chris Getz has made a a very unreasonable ask, almost to the point that Mike is not going to check in with him. It would be up for Chris Getz to to recheck yeah. in. It's sort of like when you sell a house. You know, and you think your house is worth a million dollars, and everybody else tells you it's worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you ask like a million one, you get even greedier. Uh, I think the deal that's out there to be made is with the Marlins. Yep, I know you said that a yeah. few times. Yeah. I know that's true. So, and um, there are still two pitchers left. I hear the Rock kind of poo pooed. The whole Domingo German, the interest I, in German. I, I I hope that's the case. Yeah, the, the two pitchers that are out there to me is if they were even considering German, I can't think that Mike Clevenger is that bad a guy, you know, and has that kind of baggage. But Mike Clevenger and Michael Lorenzen are out there, 
the the Orioles might end up with one of those two guys if if it's possible. So Lorenzen, they've been tied to, obviously. Yeah. There have been some reports about that. Yeah. Again, I on the surface, whenever I hear the word, and I, don't, I acknowledge I don't know, but yeah. whenever I see the words domestic violence and child abuse, my thought is I'd just rather not. Yep. Personally, yep. I'd just rather not. So yep. um, we'll, we'll I, and again. Wish I, them well wherever they go. Yep. Uh, but I, I don't have a great deal and, of and, interest. And in I that. hope it's not true. And if it's not true, then I'm, you know, I, I, it, I'm it sorry that I feel that it way. It seems but. like it is true, and it's alcohol related. Oh, you're talking about with Herman. I meant Herman. with Clevenger. Clevenger, yeah. yeah, with yeah. Cle- I just, I hope that I'm it's sorry, not. You're I right. hope that it's I'd not true. I'd forgotten about Clevenger. With I hope that. that it's not true, yeah. but just not knowing. Yeah. My my initial you inclination is. You know what? I'd is, forgotten about that. I I thought yeah. And I I I just rather not. I just remember when he was with Cleveland. He was the one. The first year COVID was a big deal. He and Zach Plesak oh, right. got, yeah. got, yeah, were right. out uh, breaking curfew. That's right. Yeah. Hey, um, before we talk to Marty Bass, it is official. Mark Andrews was activated from IR wow. today by the Baltimore Ravens. They, of course, wow. made a move yesterday uh, releasing Jeremiah Moon, so we kind of thought that that was the official notice that they had a roster move they needed to make. Mark Andrews this morning has been activated from IR by the Baltimore Ravens. You would assume that means that Mark Andrews is playing in the AFC Championship game. If on he Sunday. has a big game, is there any chance of Taylor Swift like changing, Just switching up change, and going that up. way? Well, I don't. I think that we know that Mark Andrews is in a, a relationship. Oh, okay. Because remember, that's that. where he got his bare uh, ma- uh, yes, hyperbolic, his hi- hyper hyperbaric chamber came from. His girl. It's the we were joking about this earlier this week. It's one of the silliest stories I've ever heard. Somebody asked uh, Mark Andrews if he had, you know, gotten the hyperbaric chamber. He was like, yeah, you know, my, my girlfriend's family had one. And we're all like, <laughs> for what reason? <laughs> like, what? They just had one lying around like, hey, Mark, come on over. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that that'll work out that way. But, uh, you know, but, but the Yankees did a wife swap thing once upon a time. That's right. right? Yeah. So yeah. you never know. You never know how you that Remember the going. two names of the pitchers? I don't remember. And you're gonna... Fritz Peterson and Mike Kekich. That's right. That I did Fritz Peterson. I would have remembered, yeah. but I don't know that I would have remembered. I think Kekic. Fritz Peterson has passed away. I think. I think you're right because I think that everybody was reminded of that story yeah. a couple years ago. Fritz Peterson. Uh, no, Fritz Peterson so is still with us. Is it Mike Kekic? Must be. Must. Or be. did I misunderstand? It's a wife that died. Yeah, that uh, that could be the now, case Kekic as well. Has hey, Marty, it's Chris Hang on a second, uh, Mike Kekic. Is also still with us. Okay, must have been one of the wives. Must have been. You know, what teams do they play for? So I know for the immaculate grid. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Kekich had a. By the way, you know, I got a one. Nice. I got a one. Nine players equaled one. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I Kekich was with a bunch of teams, by the way. And did you know the 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 couple? That left their wives for each other. That was on Good Morning America. You remember right. that story, right? You know the spouses ended up together. The other two spouses. Yes, it wasn't a wife swap situation. I understand it was. It an was after a they, the fact. they they broke up. Yeah. And then the two of them. The connected two losers with the, got they together. They connected with each other, and then they ended up dating right. as well. <laughs> How about that? All right, uh, let's find out a little bit more about what to expect on Sunday. This man, you never know where he is. In fact, literally, the phrase is "Where's Marty." He is our friend Marty Bass, and he's with us this morning. Marty, it's Glenn and Stan the fan. Love you, brother. Always appreciate you. How you guys doing? What's up? We're doing good, good, and we're we're wondering about Sunday. What I, I know you do more than weather. You're not really a weather man, 
so to speak, anymore, but I know you know the weather. What's it going to be like Sunday for game time? Matter of fact, uh, knowing I was coming on with you guys, I just checked with uh, our meteorologist, Meg McNamara, and there's no real change in the forecast. It's going to be in the mid-40s. We'll feel like the low-40s because we're pretty brisk northwest wind, 15 to 20, maybe 25 miles an hour. There's going to be a light, annoying rain. I think a lot of your a lot of your uh, listeners, and I know you two guys and myself, Stan and I, we used to sit together. Yep. have been at the ballpark when there's just been a light rain, not like the heavy rain we've seen. It's just going to be an annoying kind of sideways, in-your-face rain at times through the afternoon. And when it's not at times, it's still going to be pretty misty. It sounds still kind of unpleasant, Marty. It sounds like, you know, nobody's going to care because it's the AFC. Yeah, Marty, it's the AFC championship game in Baltimore. It could be a, you know, a blizzard and we'd be out there on Sunday and and rabid, but it still seems unpleasant. You know what? I'm trying to remember which guy on CBS. Was it CBS I was watching or ESPN? Either way, it was a talking head and a former player. And he said, the most miserable people here during this game are the ones sitting on the bench because they're just sitting there with nothing to do. If you're playing the game, it really doesn't affect you. If we're in the stands and it's a championship game, a playoff game, or a game against the Steelers, if you will, it doesn't affect us either because we're into it. But it's just going to be kind of one of those days where guys sitting on the bench can look at each other and go, could be a little better here. Right. (laughs) This is is not the most enjoyable day. Um, uh, Marty, that's a – it shouldn't – it sounds like if it's just a light rain – it shouldn't have that much impact on the actual actual football game, to your point. Like The guys out there won't notice it. It seems like it shouldn't have that significant of an impact on how difficult it that is. Maybe to... my, that was not my point. Okay. How difficult? I mean, you know, in, in, individuals respond to situational uh, issues differently. We know the ball will be dry. When it, when, it, when it comes out for first down, the ball will be dry. So this we know. Uh, the field is in great shape. I can't imagine it getting too torn up early. Um, I guess they'll be using maybe extended cleats. I think the wind is going to be the issue. It's going to be northwest, you know, 15, 20. Again, maybe a gust to 25 miles an hour. So the northwest side, it would be coming over. Stan and I, we used to sit behind the Russell Street goalpost. So the wind will be basically coming over, over Russell Street. So if you're sitting on the on the uh, eastern side of the stadium, it'll be right in your face. So how does that play into the kicking game? Yeah, I think a, that Glenn and Stan is more of an issue than than the moisture. Okay, that was about was it? Stan, what do you uh, the what kick, do you think? Stan? The kicking game sounds like it's problematic, and it, you know if if I have to bet on one kicker, kind of figuring it out. It would be uh, our guy, you know. I mean, Justin I'm going to imagine. Let's say you're moving toward the west goalpost, the Russell Street side of the stadium. Right. When the wind comes over the top of the stadium, I don't think it really makes its arc down to the field until about maybe the 35 yard line. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't think extra points. I don't think close in chip shot field goal is going to be affected. Right. It's now. A, how's it going to affect the How's it going to affect the punter punting toward the west? Or the punter hmm. punting toward the east. I think that's that's where you may see, you know, a bit of a a, a, a a bit of a infringement on the game. And of course, I mean, Tucker's going to get out there. Stan, how many times 
Do we sit there before the game and watch Tucker yep. start from the 35, go to the 40, yep. 45, the 50, even the 55? Feel that hardball No, Here's where the wind's playing into my life. Here's where I got you covered. Yep. To your point, though, we saw Jordan Stout struggle a little bit last week. Yep. Uh, that is an interesting thing to file away. Marty, you know, you have the, the pulse of Baltimore like few people do. I, I've talked to folks this week who have said, I'd rather be here Sunday than be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. Like, we Absolutely. Don't... And the... can I be honest with you? Forget about the Super Bowl. The game, it's in Baltimore. I'd rather be here. Look, somebody gives me two tickets to Vegas, an airplane ticket. My ass <laughs> But, but otherwise, where else would you rather be than Baltimore, Maryland, with your friends out? Uh, I mean, with your with your friends, or or maybe going out. I mean, there there there'd be nothing like it. It'd be an atmosphere that would be, you know, Stan and I, Glenn. We we've all been through it, two thousand, yep, two thousand twelve. Yep. If if you're listening and you're younger, or you just moved here, it will be electric. The streets will be deserted. It, it'll be unbelievable. Nothing like it. Marty, got to ask I you. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, interrupt. no, you go ahead. I, you, you are a unique individual in that you're a huge Raven fan, but you're also a Roll Tide fan. I just have to ask you, because I know you've got your fingers in both pies. How is the community down there? You could have phrased that a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm Stan the fan. Um how are they accepting of the new coach down there, and are they freaked out that it's the end of the Saban era? I think people are relieved that Nick and his wife, Miss Terry, are both healthy. Okay. That was not a reason for him to say, I'm gone. Right. I think there's no question about it. And with, with the speed at which this happened, clearly, Nick, clearly it wasn't a split-second decision. Right. Nick down in his home in Florida and says, I'm done. Clearly, that didn't happen, and clearly Nick Saban's fingerprints are all over this. Okay? It's kind of like this. Ozzie Newsom's no longer the general manager of the Ravens, but I can assure you here, he and Eric DaCosta talk. Yeah. And then Eric DaCosta will call Ozzie for advice and counsel. Yep. That's exactly the way this is going to be. The guy comes in from the West Coast with a tremendous track record. I mean, this guy can coach. The question with Alabama is this. Can he recruit in the South? Can he recruit in SEC territory? Yep. Now, granted, you're going to have Saban's assistant coaches who are going to be, you know, kind of doing the legwork. But ultimately, the head coach got to walk in and say, "Let me just have a couple minutes of your time." Yep. I think that's the big. That, that I think that's what's on people's minds. Can he recruit? Now, every once in a while, he may be sitting there and pick out his cell phone and say, "Somebody wants to talk to you." Hi, son. This is Nick Saban. You coming to play for us? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, the Saban era by name is over. The Saban influence is not. Very well put. Not Very bad well to have put. that in your back pocket. Not bad so at all. Before, before we leave, I just want to paint a picture to you because we all know Baltimore. You know, the majority of, of Raven fans are not in the stadium. I know the stadium gets the press. The stadium's going to be loud. But, Stan, you heard me say it. We'll be sitting out there in Section 540. This is the studio audience. Yep. Raven Nation is a 1,000 times that 71,000 people. But imagine in that stadium with 71,000 people, maybe with a beer or two in their back pocket, start going, Baylor, 
Baylor. <laughs> you know it. You know it's yep. gonna. It hasn't happened yet. It will happen in Baltimore. It'll be awesome. I, I I can't wait. I can't if that if that happens. I cannot wait to see what Baltimore humor on Instagram does with that one. I feel like there's going to be a moment because the Ravens like to do the nice thing and put everybody up on the screen. Hey, the Baltimore Ravens, welcome. Welcome, so and so. And I I said this earlier this week, Marty. I I don't know if they put her up on the screen. You mentioned a couple of I. I think there might be a lot on the internet about how Baltimore was booing Taylor Swift and <laughs> how. how but I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna guess they don't put her on the big screen. Yeah, why I, would they? I think that might be the case. Just why she's she's rooting for the other team. What are we doing here? How about what do they post up on the screen when it says the opposing team wants quiet now? Yeah, you know, or something like that. What if they put Taylor Swift really right, wants right. really yeah. wants Raven fans to be quiet now? So you know now, it's time. Okay, now now that would be. I don't think you're going to see that, but that's pretty funny. That, is pretty that would be great. That'd be wonderful. Marty Bass, love that you, brother. Really appreciate thanks you for jumping on, on man. Thank you for the uh, courtesy of letting me letting me come on. Baltimore, it's the championship weekend. It just don't get any better than this. There's no doubt about that. Marty Bass, you're the best, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Marty. Marty Bass with us, of course, from WJZ 13. Great stuff. And he's just he's Marty Bass. We don't need to give him any identifiers. Everyone knows. Uh, Griffin, can we grab a break before we talk to Bo? Is that okay? All right, let's grab a break. Then we come back in, Bo Smolka. We'll talk a little bit more about Mark Andrews. He's back. We'll talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GLENNCLARK23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Orioles manager Brandon Hyde as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and the Orioles as our Team of the Year. With Stan the Fan Charles and Glenn Clark sitting down with Hyde to discuss his role in creating the culture that defined the Orioles' magic season. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2023. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition
Nation, as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Terps, and O's at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure. Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. We are going to have a project game day on Sunday. We are probably going to be doing it. Here's what we know. Definitively, if the Ravens win, project game day will not occur until after the NFC championship game. That makes sense. We've been through this before. After the AFC Championship game, people want to party. They want to celebrate. They want to go out. They want to watch the Where trophy. Or they want to watch the second game. And exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, so you watch all of the trophy presentation and all that, then you want to watch the second game. So we don't necessarily want to scream into the void on Sunday. So if the Ravens win, we're going to push back Project Game Day. I, I don't really even want to talk about the other side of the scenario. But the plan is, if the Ravens win, join us after the NFC Championship game for Project Game Day with myself, Rita, Femi. Uh, I imagine given that time frame, I'm Stan makes a commitment. I imagine Josh will probably try to hop on as well. KZ, I know KZ and Andrew Stecker are both going to the game on Sunday. Andrew's flying in from Arizona because that's how excited he was about an AFC Championship game in Baltimore. Whole crew will get together Sunday night after the NFC Championship game if the Ravens win for Project Game Day. Brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Joining us now, as he does every Friday here on GCR, he is Pressbox Ravens beat writer, Mr. Bo Smolka. Bo, good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Everything is good here, sir. Um, It's official. Mark Andrews has been activated. I have, like, there is this sort of weird, like, nervousness that's existed from a a minority of people. And we brought it up earlier with Brian Billick, and he laughed at it, too. I laugh at the thought. I I get that maybe some Ravens fans are thinking about a time where Lamar Jackson zeroed in on Mark Andrews and almost didn't see anybody else on the field. But, Bo, as you and I know, there was really no one else to see on the field in those times. I have no fear that Lamar Jackson slips back into the I only see Mark Andrews and no one else, and I don't think there's anything negative at all about the idea of Mark Andrews being back out on the field. I agree with that. I think, yeah, I think it's you can certainly argue the past there were there were plays that were forced to Mark Andrews, and one of them, frankly, was the pick six interception of Buffalo in the playoffs that you know that was returned for 100 yards. Um, but it's a totally different operation now. Mark Andrews is back. Even if he's not, you have to respect that if you're the Chiefs and he lines up out there. But you've got Zay Flowers, who's really built this rapport with Lamar Jackson. Isaiah Likely's built this rapport with Lamar Jackson. You got Beckham, Bateman's coming on. So, yeah, to your point, there are many more choices, there's many more options. And I don't think we're going to see uh, Jackson look at Andrews like a crutch like he sometimes used to. Um, and we'll see how much we even see Mark Andrews. That's going to be a fascinating yeah. part of this, too. I think 
I think we'll definitely see him in third and middle to short situations where he's always been effective. I think we'll see him in the red zone, but we're not going to suddenly put Isaiah Likely in mothballs. I can't imagine that. Do you see Dalvin Cook being a factor in this game at all? It's interesting. I mean, in the it was <clears throat> it's a good question. I, in the past, leading up to the game last week, the Ravens primarily went with two backs, right? It was mm-hmm. it, when Melvin Gordon was active a few times. One time he never even got on the field. One time I, he, I think he may have gotten one snap. They've generally just leaned to the two backs. Dalvin Cook played a lot late last week when um, Gus Edwards left the game. It looked like he had some sort of equipment or hand injury, although he was never on the injury report, so there's no, no issue there. Um, I, so I don't know. Justice Hill is running with such confidence right now. Yeah. He's playing such a big part of what they do. I don't see Dalvin Cook taking anything away from Justice Hill. So I think Dalvin Cook might be how I envisioned him last week. Maybe he's in there for a series and they see how it goes. Uh, but if, if Hill is doing what he's been doing lately and Edwards is who he is, then I don't know how much we'll see Cook. He is press box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us on GCR. Bo, uh, the one that we're still waiting word on, Marlon Humphrey has practiced this week. He said yesterday he feels good. I mean, this is the AFC Championship game. My gut tells me he's going to do everything in his power to be on the field. I I know we can't know that definitively, but I I guess at this point, I guess just be surprised if we didn't see him out there. I would, and frankly, one of the reasons is that he did all these interviews. I wasn't here yesterday. I'm not available on Thursday, so I was not out here. But normally, if these guys aren't playing, they're not talking to people. So that led me to believe that he'll probably be playing. And, and it's the AFC Championship game. This guy's been waiting a long time to play in the AFC Championship game. And if he can be out there, as John Harbaugh said to us earlier this week, if Marlon Comfrey can get out there, he's, he's going to do everything he can to be out there. So I agree with you. I, I expect to see him out there. How much? We'll see. But right. I, I, I think he'll be suited up. I, I, you know, it's funny. I've been doing all these you know, radio hits all over the country this week, and I said this on one of them. And it's, it's crazy to say this because of the names that we're talking about, Bo. This is Marlon Humphrey and Mark Andrews. But I said at this point, as well as the Ravens have played in those two areas, as, as, as unbelievable as Isaiah Likely has been, as deep as they've proved to be in the secondary, it's almost like these guys are luxuries more than they're necessities and I, it, it's unfair to say that about the, these two names but I, I don't know that any of us would have said well if there's no Mark Mark Andrews or no Marlon Humphrey the Ravens can't win this game on Sunday I know that's to the credit of people like Brandon Stevens and Ronald Darby and likely and, and as you mentioned these guys Arthur Mollette. Uh and so I mean let's remember Humphrey missed seven games in the regular season right. so they've had to play quite a bit without him he didn't play the first month and he missed a couple mid-season so they've gotten used to it. The defensive backfield has played really well. John Harbaugh last week said that one of the keys to winning that game against Houston was the secondary was plastered, was the word he used, on the Houston receivers. And Humphrey wasn't there for that. He really praised the play of Ronald Darby. And, of course, as we've talked about in the past, I think the emergence of Brandon Stevens is one of the stories of the year. Excellent point, Bo. Bo, we just had Marty Bass on from WJZ-TV, and while he's not a full-fledged weatherman anymore, we had him on to talk a little bit about the weather. He suggested that the winds are going to be pretty strong and the kicking games could be impacted. Um, how, how does Justin Tucker adjust to that? 
It's a good question. I mean, we watched Justin Tucker, and last week was a good example. It was crazy. The win for the Houston game was crazy, and it was at one point we saw the goalpost flags blowing directly in mm-hmm. at the end where the Ravens come out of the tunnel in the pregame. The goalpost flags at the, the the goalpost flags were going directly in. The flags at the top of the stadium at that end of the field were blowing directly out. So how in the world are you supposed to read the wind in that situation? But uh, and he was struggling kicking into the wind. Fifty-two yarder was short, which you don't see from him very yeah. much. But um, you could see it. They were struggling. Um, so what they'll do is they'll kick pregame. They'll get a sense of where the you know they'll kick pregame at both ends. He usually tries goes every five yard increments out to all the way to about sixty yards and get a sense of what what what's working today. Where can I? How far can we go? Um, and then they have a sense of it. I'll say this though: John Harbaugh showed when he played Kansas City in the past that beating you you aren't going to beat Patrick Mahomes with short field goals. Um, if you remember the game at Kansas City. They went for it on fourth and three at the Chiefs' nine-yard line. Mm. Um, and that was telling to me because that's Harbaugh saying 24-yard field goals don't beat Patrick Mahomes. If you get a chance to score touchdowns, you have to try to score touchdowns. I think how they handle fourth and short situations tomorrow is going to be fascinating because that same game, they went mm. for it early in the game three times. They went for it on fourth down twice in their own territory in that game. And he basically said afterwards, uh, possession is way more important than field position against Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter where you give him the ball, it's a problem. And the best way to keep Patrick Mahomes in check is to keep the ball. It, so it, I don't know how much we'll see Justin Tucker. I would totally be surprised. I would not be at all surprised to see John Harbaugh keep the offense on the field on like fourth and two from the 30 or something like that. I just think, especially if it's windy, but I just think they feel possession matters more. Even with this defense that he's got, which is you know, yeah, that's a, that's interesting, right? I mean, that's yeah. a lot of people indict the defense and say, well, you give him the ball, he's going to go down and score. But um, I, I I think that will still be the mindset. Let's let's keep the ball, and let's go score. And but the defense, you're right. To to your point, this defense, and I've been on Glenn, I've been on radio hits all week too, and yeah. people ask me about the game. And I, what I've said is, I think the Ravens' defense can be the difference. I think they. I've watched games this year where I think of Detroit, and I think of Seattle, and I think of Miami, and I think of Houston at the end of the game last week. By the end of the game, those teams didn't even look like they wanted to be on the field. They just got beaten down by this Ravens' defense. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to Patrick Mahomes in the in the January because that's probably not, but. I am saying this will probably be the most physical defense the Chiefs have seen all year, and this Ravens defense just exacts a toll on you over 60 minutes. What was the line from Patrick Queen? Uh, We play a brand of football that people don't want to play, right? And I I think that's been evident, Bo. I think you're absolutely right about that. And, of course, the game is Sunday at 3 o'clock at M&T Bank Stadium. Bo Smolka is with us here on GCR, Press Box Ravens beat writer. Bo, if I I could, um, Stan and I brought this up earlier. I don't. I think the Ravens are the better of these football teams, but I don't. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Even the, everybody who thinks they're very good at prognosticating, nobody knows. This is football. The one thing that would stun me is if the Ravens, if all of the other stuff, if the aura of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and hosting an AFC Championship game for the first time, if any of that got to them. I I just feel like we've learned enough to know that this is a different group 
that you can't guarantee they're going to win every game, but I, I would be just absolutely stunned if any of the other stuff was a factor and if they came out flat and if they were just not there. I, I can't fathom that from this group at this point. It's... It doesn't feel like it. And talking to players here on Wednesday, and let's say Wednesday, you could tell it's different, right? There's national media tent set up in the front of the facility. There's all these live stand-ups. There's like 100 cameras at practice. The locker room after the practice is just packed with reporters. It all felt different. And I talked to Justin Tucker about that, and he basically said, you know, that stuff, yeah, it looks different. But other than that, we everything – In the big picture, the stuff's the same. We're treating it the same. That's how the focus of the locker room is. It's the next game on the schedule. They're trying very hardly to stay in rhythm. And the other thing I'll say is this. I think that, I mean, this team knows that Patrick Mahomes is who he is. And even though they're favored to win by Vegas or whatever, they know that there are plenty of people out there that still see Patrick Mahomes as the guy that will win. And they take that as an extreme challenge. Um, and so they know they still believe there are plenty of people out there that doubt them and they've played their best this year when people have doubted them. Um, when you go to Christmas night at San Francisco and the game against Jacksonville and coming home against Miami on the short week, there were plenty of people that doubted they were going to win each of those games and they played great in all of them. So I think they thrive on the people doubting them. And so technically, even though they're favored, I don't think they view it that way. I think they view it as they've got to deal with Patrick Mahomes, and a lot of people don't think they can beat him in January. And so I think that also gives them an extra edge that will be helpful. Brian Billick, we had him on earlier, and he was, I won't say mystified, but he thought that the, the, the spread is not really an accurate reflection of respect for the Ravens. He's saying, you know, basically you get the three points for being at home and meaning that, the, the odds makers really think if this game were on a neutral field that we're only like a half a point to a point better. Uh, he didn't think that that was the pr- appropriate amount of respect for this Ravens football team. Do you think they'll use well, that? Do you think they'll use that as sort of the the locker room buzz? Like we we're not really respected. I mean, I think they'll. I don't know if the point spread will be a specifically a specific thing that motivates them, but I think they're motivated. As I said, I think they're motivated with the idea that a lot of people think Patrick Mahomes won't lose in the playoffs, and and mm-hmm. I think that they do feel there are plenty of people out there that doubt them for everything they've done this year and for the way they've just steamrolled good teams one after another. I still feel they think that their team people that doubt them, so they do kind of thrive on that notion that we're not being respected. Um, and it's kind of a cliche sometimes in yeah. sports players like to say that, but I think there's something to it with this team because it's Patrick Mahomes. He's a legend, all of that. And Roquan Smith had a great line on Wednesday. He said, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, but so are we as a defense. So we'll see. And, you know, Roquan Smith feels eminently challenged by this. And I think they will be on, they will be sharp and they will be focused for that reason alone. Um, so I think Mahomes coming in here is, you know, and, and they also said, look, to be the best, we recognize you got to go through the best and to be the champion, you got to beat the champion. So they also have that mentality. And so they know that this is a tough, tough test. Um, the disrespect angle or whatever, they, they probably feel it. They'll probably use it. I don't know that the point spread specifically will be how it operates, but they know there's people out there that think this Patrick Mahomes is going to lead them again. And they're, they're, they're motivated by that. 
Uh, Bo, before we let you go, is there one, from an X's and O's standpoint, is there one thing that is most interesting to you about this matchup and about what the Ravens are going to need to do in order to win the AFC title? Well, the one thing, I mean, I think if the if the um, if the Chiefs don't have Joe Tooney, they're all Pro Bowl guard. I mean, that's a big loss for them, and yeah. that could make an impact on the interior of that defense for the Ravens. That could be a big big spot for the Ravens. The other thing I will say, and I know they haven't been, you know, the other to me, the the Ravens have gotten away a lot of times this year with special teams lapses. They did again last week, and they cannot afford the margins change and the margin gets much smaller, and they cannot afford a special teams lapse. You'd hate to be that to see that be the thing that ultimately costs them because they've had them this year. It hasn't looked like a typical Ravens team in terms of special teams. And they really may have to make sure that they don't have those. Bo Smolka, at B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, PressBoxOnline.com is where you see all of his stuff, Bo, one way or the other. We'll be chatting with you again next week. Always appreciate it. Enjoy the title game, and we'll talk to you Enjoy the game, Bo. All right, thank you. Take care. Bo Smolka with us here on GCR. He he wrote a really neat thing. I think it was on Facebook about just – how oh, excited yeah. he is to be, co- well, you know, and, that and he's got a seat. I, and I think that's yeah. the important part, that how, um, and I talk about this a lot, the context of sometimes you're reminded, like, we this, this isn't really work. Like, sometimes you're reminded <laughs> that we are fortunate to be able to do this. Yep. And we all have those moments, and we all have, you know, it, we do get jaded in this business sometimes. Believe it or not, we're not getting rich. Not even remotely. You're not. No. You're not gonna, yeah. Even I'm, with the super. I'm calling. Sport, even with I the super. Appreciate them, but we're not getting. Ra- I'm calling. Two no, ba- I mean the actual bets. All oh, right. Um, I'm calling two basketball games at Stevenson tomorrow. I'm not. I ain't rich. I ain't close. I ain't even a distant cousin of rich. But every now and then. But like me, you married money. Uh, I married stability. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I married. Stability, not not money. <laughs> stability. stability, like I didn't marry poverty. That's what I the way that I would describe it. Um, and every now and then you'll do something and you'll say, you know what, we are fortunate to do that, right? Like, and I felt that a lot over the past year with my kid. My kids were fortunate that Tyus Bowser was happy to have them out um, for the shows and have them come up and sit on Jadevian Clowney's lap right. and all that. Like, those are moments where it strikes me like I am still fortunate that we get to do this. The likelihood, and I'm not, I don't know this, is that if the Ravens win, I will probably be at the Super Bowl. I don't know that, but that's, I would say it's, you know, I, I, 55-45, that that's the way it's going to go. And the last time... 65-35. That, sure, whatever you want to call it. The last time, the 2012 Super Bowl, I did. I had that moment where I was sitting upstairs looking out at the field and saying... This doesn't suck. Like this, I I can be jaded. I can remind people that it's a job, but like today, this doesn't suck. And I even sent a text that day to my parents like, hey, thanks for not discouraging me. Thanks for, you know, not saying, hey, man, are you going to quit this and and do something real with your life and go, you know, become a lawyer or a doctor, which they should have. Unquestionably, my parents should have done that. And I saw that in the post that Bo sent too. like that. This hasn't ever happened before. And he will have a seat with his name. He's not. He doesn't have to sneak in. He doesn't have to. He is expected to be there, 
and he appreciates that, and he doesn't take it for granted. And I think that's a fine way of, I'm not rooting for the team, I'm still unbiased, but I am appreciative of being able to do something that allows me to have that opportunity. I thought that was, to your point, a, a neat thing for Bo to say. I don't know if you uh, – uh, do we have a minute here? Uh, yeah, I wanted Just, to bring up something else, but sure. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Jim Henneman thing. Have you talked We've about talked it this year? Okay, a, yeah. On, it, oh, I guess on a, Wednesday's show we a had a – Very special moment for, for Jim. Of course. But for me, I was thrilled to play a small part in it, and Jim acknowledged that. He says, you know, we grumble back and forth sometimes about – the conditions of what we can do and yep. can't do and can't afford and all that. But he says, I know you've helped keep me relevant, you know, because it's been 16, 17 years. Wow. And Jim was the first person that I hired. For I don't Press think Box. I knew that. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. I went to him and said, I'm starting this entity. I don't know exactly when it'll be. I probably talked to him in July or August the year before, 2005. And I said, but by next season, I hope to have something going on. Would you consider writing baseball for us? Well, there's nobody better. Yeah. Um, and it still is, even in his 80s. 100%. I know you had him in uh, the week that I was gone, yeah. and we had him in last summer. I, I love every conversation I have. And I'll tell you, too, that when you get something from Jim Henneman that says, hey, man, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. It it hits it means, you in a yeah, it hits yeah. you in a different way. Yeah. Like when other people say I enjoyed something, I I'm not. It's not that I'm not appreciative of it, but when Jim sends you a note and says I really enjoyed reading your column, I really enjoy, and it'll be random too. Sometimes it'll be something that I think nothing of. He does. He he writes that to you sometimes. Not frequently because he I've doesn't enjoy gotten, my. I've oh, never gotten. Man. I I gotta tell. You. <laughs> it was something I wrote something about last summer. Uh, <laughs> who's the astronaut that's going to the moon? That's from Baltimore that we had on last summer, and I. It's not Terry Verts. It's um. It's not Verts, right? No, it's, it's. I God, why am I blanking on who it was? But then I just wrote up something about it. And I got an like to me it was a throwaway. It right. was it's the summer. I'm struggling yeah. with things to write about. You know, Reed Wiseman. Reed Wiseman. Thank you. He's from Delaney. Very good. Yes. Um, right. And and so I I just I, you know I said I'll write about Reed Wiseman because I think it's really cool that a kid that grew up in Baltimore and I thought it was neat his answer about like when we're up there and detached from our families it really does help me to know hey what did the Orioles do last night like it makes the, the, life back home the struggle of. You know, the excitement of going to the moon is one thing, but the struggle of you're you're by yourself, you know, like you are detached from the world. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was interesting and it puts sports fandom into context. And I wanted to write about that because yeah. I just thought it was neat. And to me, it was just a it was I, I, I want to write something this week. I don't That's have a, a strong right. Orioles take, you know, this right. week. I'll write about this. And Jim Henneman saying, Glenn, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that. Like. It gives you the feels. Yep. Like yep. you're you're like, oh man, thank you. Um, so yeah. I, anyway, for those that might not re- know what we're even talking about, the yep. uh, Orioles uh, have renamed the uh, press box and dedicated it in Jim's name, and he's still with us. But it's now going to be called and that's the what, Jim Henneman. Press honestly, box. that makes it all the better. Yeah, yeah, that that, yeah. that you you can enjoy your flowers. Yeah. Um, that they wanted to make sure this happened not after he passed, but yep. so that he was here and everybody could be together to, to celebrate him. That was a neat moment. Yep. The other thing that I think we should talk about, by the way, today's show, speaking of press box, we should <clears throat> remind everybody that the print issue is still available. And bear with us. 
because the next print issue might be slightly delayed. As you can understand, we're kind of waiting on some something <laughs> some, that's some, going some on outcome. at the moment. Yeah, some outcomes. Before we make any decisions about the next print issue of Pressbox, so still enjoy the best of issue in the meantime. And perhaps we uh, already are authoring what's going to be uh, front and center in the next best of issue right now. But the best of issue available at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, and at PressboxOnline.com. So the... As you pointed out, it's not Bill Belichick in Atlanta. It is Raheem Morris. The better news around here is that it's not Mike McDonald, who had a second interview with the Falcons. And so we're down to two teams. Seattle and Washington. Washington. And the and Washington, the rumors are Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. The firm belief is that they're waiting on Ben Johnson with the Lions still playing. Right. And who did Carolina they named? Dave Canales, who had yeah. been in Tampa. Very familiar, Dan Morgan, the new GM yes, there, correct. ex-linebacker. Very familiar with him. So, the likelihood is growing every moment that the Ravens could keep this staff intact. Now, that's not certain, obviously. And we remember once upon a time, it looked like Gary Kubiak was going to be sticking around for another year in Baltimore, and then there was a kind of late coaching change in Denver, and those things can still happen. Someone could still retire or step away for whatever reason. And we don't. Who did uh, he replace in Denver? It's so funny. I was afraid you were going to ask yeah. that. And I don't remember. Is the goo- who was the? It, it was, was um, Kubiak was before Fox. No, no, it was, it was Fox. Bill Fox. It was Fox. Fox. John Fox. Yeah, yeah John, John Fox. Fox. Right. Um, so anything could still happen. But then every time a coaching vacancy gets filled by someone who isn't Mike McDonald, or Todd Munkin. I go back to, there is a way to look at this year. Right now, it looks like everything is set up for the Ravens. And people are using phrases like now or never. Like, it's all right there for you. And I understand everything they're saying. But I keep saying back, if if this were to go the wrong way, I, I don't think this is, well, this was their last chance. Right. A lot of people have brought up that in Buffalo, like the age of the defense is extraordinary. And they've got to make real defensive changes. The Ravens will have the opportunity to largely run back what they did this season a year from now. Probably without Patrick Queen. If I had to guess, Patrick Queen will be gone. And let's not, you know, pretend like Patrick Queen is easily replaced. replaced right. But if there's an area where you trust the Ravens, Inside linebacker is very high, and as we all saw, Trenton Simpson looked pretty good when he was out there against the Steelers in Week 18. That stands out as being a significant loss. But if you're keeping the coordinators intact, if you're keeping the majority of the roster outside of Patrick Queen intact, I don't know why you wouldn't expect this team to be capable of making another run a year from now. I don't think this is a now-or-never situation for the Baltimore Ravens. I think it might be their best opportunity. I've compared it, in fact, openly to 20... It's a now and next situation. I, and that's... I keep comparing it to 2011. In 2011, everything set up for the Ravens. Right up until Lee Evans it, it and Billy Cundiff. Yeah. Everything was set up for them. They had played well. They had been fortunate injury-wise. Everything was going smoothly for the 2011 Ravens. Maybe they came out of the shoot, pounded the, the Steelers to open the season. Everything was set up. And we were miserable i mean it was the malaise that was over this city the 2012 ravens nothing was set up for everybody was hurt terrell suggs was right. hurt ray lewis was dismal hurt. the whole season it was it was they couldn't win a game 
at the end of the year. But one year after it looked like everything was set up for them, they ended up being Super Bowl champions. So I just, I warn the now or never concept. I don't think it's now or never. I think it's a great chance. I think it's a hell of a chance to think they could win multiple Super Bowls. Your, your nephew has talked about that. Like, there's this possibility that exists that the Ravens could be. They're going to get beat next year by the Chargers in the Super Bowl. Wow, right. It's going to be the hard. Well, the they hard can't ball. play in the Super Bowl. They're both in the AFC. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They are in the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. They're both in the AFC. For some You're reason, not the only I... one. Somebody on Twitter was getting killed over that this week. <laughs> right, well, you know, the script is going to be Harbaugh v. Harbaugh in the Super Bowl. And everybody was like, uh, the thing about that is. I don't know why I'm yeah. whiffed on that one. <laughs> All good, Stan. All good. Yeah. These things happen. Um, but uh, there is there is that possibility that the core that's here, the Ravens could find themselves building something that's Chiefs-like. We can't assume it. But there is the possibility. Speaking of the Chiefs, yep. that's the opponent on Sunday, and you got to get past them. They are zombies. You got to kill them to be the man. You got to beat the man. Let's head down to KC. Joining us now, he is the Chiefs radio color analyst. He's Mr. Danon Hughes, and he is with us here on GCR. Danon, it's Glenn and Stan here in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. What's going on, fellas? You ready for an exciting weekend? Boy, are we. We are. We are jacked here in Baltimore, man. <laughs> only, if it, only if it has one outcome. Dan. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, get back well, to us. Yeah, yeah, of course. The good guys win, right? The Chiefs? That's what you're saying? Yeah, let's oh, stop that nonsense. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, riddle me this, right? Because it, yeah. obviously in Baltimore, this game is everything, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is – it's it's felt like the Ravens should have been here before now – They've had to deal with the Lamar Jackson injuries and the playoff disappointment in the past, and now it's got to get over the hump. You got to beat the team that's they they are the champions for a reason. On the flip side, I feel like it would be easy for people to say, "Well, how much could this one really mean to the Chiefs?" And that's silly because it's an AFC Championship game. It means you're yeah. one game away from the Super Bowl. But can you give me some context about like some of the uh, how much does Patrick Mahomes think about the like? Hey, if I win a third before I'm 29, I got a real chance of catching Brady. Like, how much does the historical context come into play for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I don't think it comes into play much at all. Now, I'm sure, I mean, being an athlete and being in that world, there are a lot of things that you think of during the offseason that you don't think of during the regular season. Like, there's so much going on during the regular season, especially when you're preparing for games and you have limited time that you are just focused, you're zoned in. And with Patrick Mahomes and his pregame preparation and some of the things you see him do on Sundays, you can tell that he is totally enveloped in to being the best player he can be for this Chiefs team. So I'm sure, you know, after the Super Bowl, after the parade, during that window of time where guys are going to Cancun or going on vacation or playing an American Century golf tournament or whatever else, that they think about, oh man, I'm here. Here's where I am. Three Super Bowls, and Tom Brady's kind of in in sight now. But I feel like he's just focused on the task at hand. As far as being this being like, okay, well, uh, we we have a few since the Ravens have had some, and maybe it's not our time. I don't think that's the case here in the Chiefs' kingdom. I think we're focused. We've been spoiled. We went spoiled in a bad way for what 30 years. Uh, between playoff wins, and now we've had this stretch over the last four years, 
or five years uh, playing and now playing in now six straight AFC championship mm. that like there's a generation of fans that believe that this yeah, is this normal. Is, it's a birthright. Like, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we're, we're going to take advantage of that. Dana, um, I know the Ravens have a great deal of respect for the Kansas city chiefs. I don't think they're in awe of the moment, but do the chiefs respect the Ravens? I 100% believe so. And here's why. I think when you look at John Harbaugh and him being under Andy Reid's tutelage, yep. uh, Dave Tobe was an assistant special teams coach under John Harbaugh when John was the was the the special teams coach in Philly. There's so many ties to that organization, and the ties are respectful. Like it's not contentious. It's, there's no side stories. You're not going to see a cold handshake before the game or after the game. You're not going to see any finger pointing or anything like that. It seems like these are just two juggernauts that are finally going to clash. Uh, you know, you remember when, obviously you guys remember when you had the number one seed before and you wind up losing to the Titans, that opened the door up for us to host our second AFC championship at Arrowhead Stadium that should have been the year where we would have clashed and and it didn't happen. So I feel like the class of your organization, the blue collar nature of your organization uh, is definitely well respected by the chiefs and the chiefs fans. Um, I, I, I feel like this is these two games, the NFC championship and the AFC championship are probably the most clean games without, without any side stories that we probably have had uh, in this final four in years, there's nothing else to talk about, but football. And I think that shows you how much respect is garnered between each organization. And yet everyone still tries to make it about Taylor Swift. It's very <laughs> frustrating. Dana Hughes with us here on GCR. Um, uh, Dana, speaking to that, when we get to the football, the Ravens are coming into this remarkably healthy. They've activated Mark Andrews this morning. It looks like Marlon Humphrey's going to play on Sunday on the flip side how significant would it be if Joe Tooney is not on the field for the Chiefs on Sunday? So before I get to Joe Tooney, I want to tell you that I've been getting a lot of calls and been doing a lot of interviews this week, and it took you guys approximately four minutes and 50 seconds to mention Taylor Swift. So that was pretty darn quick. <laughs> oh, really? I can't, oh, I can't believe that. I would think that everybody else got there. And by the way, let's make it clear. We're not going to ask a question about it. We don't care. It's just more that we're vocalizing the frustration that everybody's making it about Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it is, a, it is a cool story. But as far as Joe Tooney is concerned, uh, his backup is Nick Allegretti. Uh, not many people remember when we went through – the uh, the tough time of winning the AFC, going to the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Patrick Mahomes had to run for his life. Nick Allegretti was a young player that was thrust into a starting position that day. Now, he didn't play badly, but he's grown astronomically from that time, hasn't had a whole bunch of opportunities, but uh, he is definitely a force that can that can fill the shoes of Joe Tooney. Now, to the extent of being all pro, no. But when you're surrounded with Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and the two bookends and Juwan and Donovan, I feel like this organization is really comfortable with Nick being at that left guard position. Uh, the matchup, as far as I, look, I, I'm not, I don't want to be dismissive of the Chiefs on the whole, Dana, because they're mm-hmm. good. But this was a team that 
not that long ago, by their standards, seemed kind of pedestrian, right? Has, has the last couple of weeks, has it been more a story of the Chiefs figuring everything out, or has it been more about, like, you know, hey, they, they got the fortune of a Dolphins team that was, you know, absolutely decimated by injury and, you know, had, had, had kind of gone through hell the last few weeks of the season, and then a week ago a Bills team that yacked things up in the fourth quarter. Like, is it has it been more about the Chiefs rising back to being the Chiefs, or has it been more about them, you know, kind of getting a little bit of fortune on the path? I think it's always a mixture. I mean, let's face it, the game of football, especially in the NFL, there's so much parity that it's always a mixture. But I would say this about them being pedestrian. Uh, a lot of people look at it as them being pedestrian this year because the standard was no set question. so high in previous years, right? And what we recognize is that with this team, have you? I don't think we've ever seen a team have minus 11 in the giveaway takeaway and wind up winning their their uh, division as well as getting to the AFC Championship. Normally, that that ratio itself doesn't speak to uh, championship football. But as you guys have been around this game, I've been around this game since 93, there are teams in this league that know how to win, and there are teams in this league that figure out how to lose. And the Chiefs are one of those teams, although we didn't win as many games as we've won in individual seasons in recent years, we all we figure out ways to win, and even in the losses with the drops and everything else, like we're literally four catches away from you guys coming to Arrowhead Stadium and us being the number one seed. Like that's really what it came down to. So although it it looked differently than it was in the past, the the great thing about this organization is that they still have figured out ways to win. They figured out ways to to hold Josh Allen to seven points in the second half. They figured out ways to force an Aaron field goal on the road for the first win that Patrick Mahomes has ever had, or first game he's ever played on on the road. Uh, they just know how to win. And I, and I feel like that's what makes this matchup great because you guys know how to win as well. You have a, you know, an organization that has a, a stellar history that is, has an identity on defense and playmaking on offense. And that's kind of what we have too. We, we're right behind you on defense and offensively. I think you can talk, flip a coin to how many fans would take your offense over our offense and vice versa. Dana, I'm uh, just wondering from a defensive standpoint or perspective, what do the chiefs have to do to slow down the Ravens offense? What is key for them? So to me, the key is going to be stopping the run. Now I, I shouldn't say stopping because it's going to be hard. Nobody has really stopped you guys running the ball. It's really about containing the run because how you guys work off the run game, and I'm not even talking about Lamar Jackson's uh, contribution to the run game. I'm just talking about Gus Edwards and your running backs stopping the run game because you guys work so well off of play action. And the, 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 one of the strengths of our defense has been our linebacker play. But if you're playing against a team like the Ravens and the linebackers get in position where the run game is really working – now you put them in a tough predicament to have to, to play the run, to play the play action, to spy Lamar Jackson, and then also cover the crossing routes by Zay Flowers and your tight ends, uh, the size of, uh, of likely. And, and that will be a, uh, a tough, tough task for any defense. 
So I feel like if you're if you're preparing for this game against the Ravens, you got to be focused on the run game and try to force them to be one-dimensional and basically say, Lamar, you go toe-to-toe, blow-for-blow, throw-for-throw with Patrick Mahomes, and let's see how that unfolds. All right, so Dan and Hughes, I'm going to ask you to be as neutral as you're capable of being, and I understand <laughs> that that's very difficult, almost impossible. What are you going to ask me, Taylor Swift oh, versus Beyonce? No, I, I, I promise oh, you, no, I okay, don't. Yeah, yeah. We really, I mean, I'm, I, I, and, and this is not even like a shot at Taylor Swift. We just we like football here. Like that's what oh, we're. Yeah, into. I know, I know, I know. Um, if you had to play one of these two hands, if this was if this football game was a poker match, and mm-hmm. your hand was team that has been the best team all season long that has been hammering that has won nine games against teams with winning records by more than two touchdowns Mm -hmm. with the mvp of the league most likely and just playing brilliant football and very healthy and the other hand Mm -hmm. was team that's won two super bowls with this core is playing in a six straight championship game has done nothing but come through in those moments would you rather be the team that appears to be playing the best right now or be the team that has the history in these moments to fall back on? I, I would say the history, and I know that, that kind of sounds like I'm a homer, but there's reasons behind that. And it kind of goes back to my last comment about a team knowing how to win. It's one thing to know how to win in the regular season. It's also another thing to know how to win in the postseason. And what this Chiefs team has done, especially scaling that huge wall of playing on the road and and there's no more difficult place you guys' place maybe seattle uh maybe pittsburgh but other than that there's no more difficult place than to play in buffalo on the road in that desperate city that was looking for some success in the postseason and the fact that we were able to scale that wall last week and we've just we've been there and done that so i'll take the experience of being in this position and being successful in this position, I mean, we're we're in six six straight AFC championships, and the two that we lost uh, were by one snafu of a play. Like literally, we were first and goal on the three yard line with a chance to go ahead against the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, an interception when D Ford lined up offsides to seal the game against Tom Brady. Like. We've been down this road and we've had that success. So I would take the latter just because of that history. Uh, I also feel like on a personal note, like with you guys winning so strongly during the season, like there's going to be some sentiment that what if this game is tight? Like it's not a blowout. Then which team would you feel comfortable with if you're going into the fourth quarter and it's a three-point game? So that's why I think the Chiefs want to keep it that way. They obviously don't want to get down, but if we can get up or keep it close, then that negates a lot of that success that you guys have had this year. He is Danon Hughes, and of course, he'll be in Baltimore working the uh, radio broadcasts. Don't sound so excited. I'm I'm in this. Oh, trust me, Dana, we're we're jacked, right? But like, then there's that know, small that that small kind of angsty part of us that comes back into play. We're like, oh god, what if this were to get? No, no, we are jacked here, and we are. I think we're actually pretty confident, honestly, just how because of how well the Ravens have played at yeah, DA it's Hughes. It's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be a great game at DA Hughes guy eighty three on Twitter is how you follow him. Dana, really appreciate you, man. Thanks, Thanks for doing it. I appreciate you. Dan and Hughes with us here on GCR as we get ready for Sunday. We are still not done yet. 
we still have that much more You're to do not? today. No, we still have. Really? We've been. We haven't had a minute to catch our breath at all this morning. We have that much more to do today. Uh, it's still to come. We're going to go out to Vegas. Jay Cornegay from Superbook is going to check in with us. We'll talk about betting for this weekend and uh, maybe some smart bets you can get in and use those codes, Glenn Clark 23 and Stan Charles 23 at Superbook. And we'll wrap up today by uh, chatting with Trey Mancini as it is Mo Gabba's 18th birthday. So we're going to catch up with one of his good buddies, Trey Mancini, before we finish the day. So a lot still to come. Stan the Fan is here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Whether you're a Ravens fan or rooting for one of those other guys, Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make sure you 
tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR. Be a big weekend to be down at uh, Live Casino and Hotel, Griffin. That is correct. Uh, you guys have to check out Sports and Social at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland this weekend. It features an on-site FanDuel location, and it will be your ultimate spot to watch Baltimore's team in the big game this weekend on their massive 100-foot media wall. Order up your favorite game day bites, take a sip from our signature crushes and extensive beer selections, all just steps away from the FanDuel Sportsbook. Watch, wager, and win at Sports and Social at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondack Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, um, Stan, I know you still kind of masquerade as a Wizards fan a little bit. Um, yes. I, 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 the Wes Unseld thing I know was cool for you, and, and there was a lot of hope that that would work out. Uh, I, I had really hoped he was going to be a young difference maker as a coach. I know that they don't have the a world, you know, they don't have the talent to compete with the really big boys. But I thought he would be more of a difference maker as a coach, and uh, very sort of unimpressed overall with his coaching skills from a sentimental standpoint. And the fact that I do think he is a good basketball man. I'm glad to see that the the new regime wants thinks that he on. wants to keep him on. You know. Um, yeah, that's look. I you know I'm not a Wizards fan, so I don't have any emotions involved. But I did think it was a neat story. I that part I thought I mean, was, the hiring. Of yes, yeah. I absolutely thought it was a neat story. And it, you know, again, separated from like an emotional tie, it just I can look at anything and say, well, that's that's cool. Like yeah. that's cool. And it would have been very cool had it worked out. I <clears> guess my thought would be, I don't think that any coach could really do anything in these circumstances. Like, I just... They had... They, they, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, you know, the B.B. King song, they'd have yeah. no luck at all. I mean, getting a talent like John Wall and then seeing him consecutively, like, blow out a knee and then an Achilles or it could have been backwards. But... And, and right after they had given him that monster contract, I mean, I don't know what teams are supposed to do when you put that much resources into a player that really, I think, for, wouldn't you say two and a half years could give them nothing? More or less. You know. More or less, that's And true. then they doubled down by making the Bradley Beal signing, which I thought was horrible. I, it, it's difficult because, like, the argument is, if, well, you don't have Bradley Beal, you don't have any. Right. You know, you don't have anything at all. And that's what it's proven to be, post-Bradley Beal. But to your point, they, they didn't have anything when they had Bradley they, Right, Beal. exactly. So, I... You know, and the whole Gilbert Arenas thing with the guns yeah, and it's, been, uh, it's just yeah, yeah. It's one snake bitten franchise. I, I have a feeling that this regime will get the job done. I really do. All right. All right. We will see. Did you I see mean, it's gonna be two, three years from right. now, but you know. Did you see there's something cool they're going to do at uh, NBA All-Star Weekend? Did you see they're going to do like a three-point uh, contest between Steph Curry and Sabrina Ionescu? No, I didn't. Yeah, that'll be no. neat. That'll be neat. That'll be neat. Very cool. Also, hell of a game last night if you didn't catch it between LSU and South Carolina uh, in Baton Rouge. That's, the women's game. Yes. Yeah. South Carolina ended up, it was tied late 70-70 to in South Carolina. Ended up with a finish um, to win that game. But the atmosphere was bonkers. Um Two really good teams, just a, a damn good theater mm-hmm. last night uh, between LSU and South Carolina. So a great game there. All right, Griffin, while we wait, you want to go ahead and do tidbits? 
Uh, yeah, sure, we can do. We can okay. go ahead and do. Tidbit. We'll go ahead and do tidbit, and then when if 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 Jay Cornergay hops on, we look forward to chatting with Jay Cornergay. As you know, how much we love Superbook. Uh, just waiting here. I know it's early out there too, and also I realize it's a hell of a busy week. It is a very very busy week. So hopefully he'll hop on with us in a minute. But in the meantime, tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. <laughs> The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, last night last night marked the first time in uh, NBA history that uh, that both teams from the previous season's NBA Finals both lost a game by 30-plus points on the same day as uh, the Nuggets and the Heat both uh, both got trounced uh, pretty big last wow. night. First time that that's happened. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Um, how also, about them, Cowboys? Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Am I supposed to? That's interesting, I guess. I, I thought it was. I don't, I don't know. know. We were going NBA. I thought, all right. I thought all right. it was really good. All right. Uh, all, right. all right, all right. So uh, Travis Kelsey here, as my uh, as my stat doesn't, doesn't want to load right now. Oh, good. That's the real reason why we're dragging. He has multiple. Jeez, it's, it's really not loading. Um, He... <laughs> He is either we tied. So what a day we were having right uh, up until right, right now. Uh, like okay. everything was going swimmingly. He is the second most games, uh, playoff games, consecutive playoff games with 60 plus scrimmage yards uh, by a player. 16 straight. 16 straight with, uh, with 60 scrimmage yards. Uh, can you name the two players? How many, had how many consecutive? 16 games. 16 games. 16 straight playoff games with right. 60 scrimmage yards. Travis Kelsey is second. He will go to tie uh, tie the tie the record uh, with 17 straight this weekend on Sunday. Can you right. name the two ahead of him, and then let's try to round out the uh, top. Um, uh, we'll, all right, we'll do the top seven here. Okay. Besides so for, Travis Kelsey, yes. Okay. So looking so for six seven. More, oh, six more. Okay, got it. Uh, Emmett Smith. Uh, Emmett Smith, yes. He is, is uh, he is one behind Kelsey. Okay. He's not not ahead, but he is he has 15 straight. How about Jerry Rice? Uh yes, Jerry Rice. Um, uh, God, Marshall Falk. Uh, Marshall Falk not in the top seven. Marshall Falk most consistent. I apologize. I was, I was corresponding with somebody, which is rude. What What is the the tidbit? I'm sorry. Most consecutive playoff games for a player with sixty or more yards from scrimmage. Sixty or more yards from scrimmage. How about um? John Riggins. Uh, no, not John Riggins. Did Corey Dillon play in enough playoff games? Uh, no, not no. Corey Dillon. Okay. Uh, uh, Gronk? Uh, yes, Rob Gronkowski. He would round out the top 70 in 13 straight. Rob Gronkowski, 13 straight games of 60 yards, 60 scrimmage yards, so rushing or receiving in a playoff game. So we need three more. Still, the two that are tied with seventeen ahead of Travis Kelsey. You see, the problem is like when I think of playoff guys, like you know, you think of Terrell Davis, but he didn't. There's no way he is. He didn't play that many. Not Terrell Davis. Um, I can't really think it'd be any of those Dolphins. Uh, no, it was not any of those Dolphins. Uh, Marvin Harrison. Uh, no, not Marvin Harrison. Or Reggie Wayne. Not Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne had nine. Isaac Bruce. Not Isaac Bruce. Tory Holt. Not Tory Holt. Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett. That's a good one. Is correct. He has 17, tied for the most consecutive playoff games. How about? They're all running. The the rest are running backs. 
Jerome Bettis. Not Jerome Bettis. Franco Harris. Franco Harris, also 17, who Travis Kelsey is trying to tie on Sunday. And another running back, Walter Payton. Not Walter Payton. It's a good guess. Um, Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas. Very good. Thurman Thomas. That is your top seven there. There you go. Julian Edelman had 12 straights. Wow. That's a hell of a run. Edgar and James had 12 straights. You say Edgerin? Edgerin. Edgerin. Edgerin James. That's exactly what I said. Oh, Edgerin. Edgerin James. That that would have been a good Don't be ignorant. Yeah, don't be be ignorant. All right. uh, Very good. Let's do Tubular. Tubular is brought to you today by Goose Flights, which is, of course, available at so many locations around town. Cans available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, all seven in the state of Maryland. Cans also available at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. Cans and six-packs available at Costas Inn in Dundalk or at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North, who we partnered with to make this possible. And now also six-packs and cases available at the Wine Source in Hamden. It's a delicious beer. It's a collector can. You see the silhouette of Tony Saragusa on it. And most importantly, it's done in partnership with Tony's family and what they're doing to continue his legacy with Goose Flights. Goose Flights being a charity that goes to support those in need by providing non-medical emergency transport. And by the way, uh, we heard from the Saragusas this week that all the attention that has been around because of the beer, they've actually heard from some folks in Baltimore who are in need of non-emergency medical transport, and they're looking to work with them right now because That's of great. it. So you're going to potentially help and support people in our own backyard. The mission and locally helping some exactly people move right. around for medical treatment. 198 from every can sold goes to the Goose Flights Foundation. Again, Goose Flights Lager available Right now, find out more pressboxonline.com slash gooseflights. I know you're pretty friendly with uh, Sammy. Yeah. Uh, how, mm. did, how did Goose come up with the idea of doing this? Uh, he was involved with an aviation corporation called right. Titan Aviation. Yep. And this is, you know, the na- we always, Tony Saragusa is one of the most compelling figures of all time because he is equal parts infuriating and good-natured. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it, they run direct like, he will fight with you as he loves you. It's just something about him. And Tony, the good-natured part of him is he was doing this for a business and for you know how he was making his life post-football. Right. And then said, well, could I do something good yeah. with it? Could I go typical, a step beyond? Tony. Yeah. Right? And can we make a difference with this thing that I'm doing for a business? And that's how Goose Flights came about. And he started talking to some of his former teammates and his former teammates, uh, Sammy, kind of said, I, I did not know a lot about his vision right. for Goose Flights. But then, you know, Kyle Richardson and some of these guys reached out to me after he passed and said this was something that he had been talking to us about. Like and, all a long time ago. And wanted to do. Yeah. What do you think? And here we are. And uh, Sammy has been doing a wonderful job, his daughter, of running Goose Flights. And uh, we are really happy to be partnered up with them. All right, here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Not a lot tonight, but, of course, overnight tonight, the Australian Open women's final is on ESPN at 3.30 in the morning. Kinwen Zhang and Arena Sabalenka. Sabalenka, a heavy favorite there. 
Tomorrow, College Hoops, Big Ten Network, Nebraska-Maryland at noon. CBS Sports Network, Towson, Delaware, too. Big win for Towson last night. Oh, yeah. Over Drexel. Drexel. Huge the Dragons. Win. They one. slayed the Dragons. They sure did. Big, big win. Uh, did you get uh, some American dollars? Uh, uh, yeah, just a, just a little bit. All right. Yeah. That, that's a little taste. Yeah, wet yeah. your beak. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a very nice it win. It was a nice win. Very nice win. Uh, ESPN Plus. I guess this is the final season for Towson and Delaware because Delaware is moving to uh, Conference yeah, USA. I guess so. So uh, gotta get it, gotta get our licks in ride, now, right? Got it, gotta get that taken care of. ESPN Plus, Loyola Navy at one tomorrow, and NGITs at UMBC tomorrow night at seven. Morgan hosts Howard tomorrow at four. Coppins on the road at Norfolk at four as well. Uh, everything else tomorrow you can find. Oh, tomorrow night the WWE Royal Rumble. I'm sure you've made your picks uh, for the Royal Rumble, right, Stan? Oh God, you've got, yeah. you've got. I'll the, take I'm a down. Logan Paul. I'm down. Logan Paul. Can pause he like. I got down with that. Yeah. Sunday morning, 3.30 a.m. for the Australian Open men's final. Of course, Yannick Sinner and Daniil Medvedev. Sinner looking for his first ever Grand Slam title. Medvedev looking for his second. On CBS Sunday at 3 o'clock, the AFC Championship game, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And then that's followed, of course, by the NFC title game, 6.30 on Fox, <clears throat> between the Lions and 49ers. And with that in mind, find everything else, tubular-wise, at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Dakota Johnson's hosting Saturday Night Live, and Justin Timberlake is the that musical is guest. I know yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah. deal yes. this weekend. Find everything else, glennclarkradio.com. But with the championship games in mind, let's find out what we need to know about betting those championship games. Joining us right now from our friends at Superbook, where you can still use those codes, glennclark23 or stancharles23 when you sign up, and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, let's check in with our buddy Jay Cornegay, who's with us now here on GCR. I uh, just lost Jay. Great. My, my bad. We'll, we'll Look at that setup. We'll figure it out. Because you were so long with that setup. It was like two sentences. You, you know you got to cut that like, short. I'd, I'd like to think. <laughs> I think we could do two sentences. Right, should be good to go with was trying to. Trying to get the, you know. We gave you such everybody. a build-up, Jay. Jay. Jay, if you would have heard the, the lead-in that I just gave you, only for Griffin to be like, oh, we just lost Jay. <laughs> it was magical. I can't recreate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> now it's just, hi, Jay Cornegay. How you doing, pal? <laughs> oh, no. The Wi-Fi is really tough out here in the desert, you know? I, it, sound, it sounds like it, Jay. It seems like it's an issue. Well, it's good to chat with you. I know this has got to be a huge weekend for everybody out there. Can you give us an idea of, like, I, I, we all know Super Bowl is Super Bowl. But is this the second biggest, like, day of the year betting-wise? Maybe we call yeah. on the phone. Maybe we do that. It was a heck of an idea to try to get him over Zoom and have Jay's face so everybody right. could see him. Yeah. It was a great idea. But maybe we go ahead and make a phone call instead and see if the cell service might not be better than the Wi-Fi service. I have a feeling it will be. In Las Vegas. Or maybe. If it's not, it doesn't bode well for the Super Bowl being in Vegas. It doesn't. I'm starting to get nervous about what our show is going to sound like if we go out there for that week. Oh, my God. That's hopefully something we're going to do. But um, so It's just a matter of money and another expense <laughs> that the company has to come up with. I can't foot the bill. I know that much. I have not... I have not uh, won enough bets from Superbook in order. To, maybe if uh, Yannick Center wins on uh, Sunday morning, I'll be able to foot that bill. We will see as we uh, try to figure out what's going on. And at some point, unfortunately, we will just have to bag it. And and we love Jay. And what you do, what we'll do is we'll make it up before the Super Bowl, and we'll make sure that it happens. That'll be the way that it goes. But um, uh, we can't drag this thing out too much longer as we just sort of 
spin our wheels waiting to see if we can't connect. I would love it. It would be wonderful. Uh, we'll give me. Zoom one more try here. We're going to give right. Zoom one more try. All right. You get Jay Cornegay. How are you, man? Good. I, I, you know what? That's on my end. So I, I uh, apologize. All right. We're well, taking. We're breathing a sigh of relief. We thought the whole Super Bowl was in jeopardy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, it's not over yet. Jay, uh, we know that the Super Bowl is the biggest weekend of the year. Is this the the second biggest weekend of the year for sports betting? Well, it ranks right up there with you know we have March Madness. The first weekend of the NFL is also gigantic but hmm. uh, a lot of people do prefer the uh, championship weekend because you get the well you get two games for the price of one it's an all-day affair and we expect a full house in fact every sports book in las vegas will be packed on sunday J- go ahead stan jay uh we had brian billick on earlier on the show he knows a thing or two about uh championship football games and he thought that the spread in this game is not an accurate reflection on the Ravens and what kind of season they've had, that it shows too much respect for Kansas City. How do you feel? How do you come down on that? Well, it's, you know, the spread is, its purpose is to make both teams attractable mm-hmm. for the betters. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Kansas City gets a lot of respect out yeah. here. In you know, amongst all the betters, so it's not so much a power ranking, you know. Look, it's it's more of a, a betters perspective, mm-hmm. and, and so if if you were to look at just plain power rankings, I would agree with Bill and Coach that uh, it's probably more like four and a half, five, um, but not much more than that because Kansas City deserves some respect because of what they've done. Um, I, I, I certainly don't believe it's the team that we've seen in the last couple of years, but uh, our power our power rankings have Baltimore, uh, the top rated team, you know, uh, in the league. Let's let's talk about that, Jay. Jay Cornegay is with us, of course, vice president of uh, sports, one and of race. the main handicappers yeah, for Superbook. out at Superbook yeah. in Westgate, in Las Vegas. Jay, Jay I, I bring that up because it's been fascinating to me, and I, Ravens fans are always looking for some sort of edge and something to be mad about. And it's been brought up a number of times, and you guys did, you know, look ahead lines uh, for, and and made hypothetical Super Bowl matchups available. And we saw that the 49ers were still, you know, one point favorites in a hypothetical Super Bowl matchup with the Ravens. Can you kind of walk me through why that's been the case, despite what we saw on Christmas night? Why have the 49ers kind of continued to be the Super Bowl favorite over the Ravens, and even in a hypothetical Super Bowl matchup? Well. The 49ers have been ranked right up there all season long, and and, and Baltimore kind of crept up there as the season progressed. Um, and sometimes you can't explain the power rankings if it because everybody has a different opinion. Glenn, everybody has their own rankings. I have my own rankings, and if I would if I were to post my own rankings, I would have Baltimore as a one and a half point favorite okay. over San Francisco on on a neutral field uh but the 49ers have got a lot of respect from the handicappers and um the bookmakers all season long and uh, baltimore has just worked its way up to the top especially you know the last third maybe the last maybe the second half uh, of the season but they just kind of crept up there so it's really really close here i think we're kind of splitting hairs if it's 
you know, should it be pick? Should it be Baltimore one and a half? Should it be San Francisco one and a half? It's very, very close. But if you were to ask me, my rankings would have the Ravens about a one and a half point favorite over the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Just curious, Jay, um, the, 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 the history of Lamar Jackson in the playoffs leading up, I know last week was pretty darn good in the second half, but is it the history that he's had in the playoffs that is suppressing that Raven number? In other words, I know that contrary, the flip side of that is how well uh, Patrick Mahomes has done in the playoffs. Is it? But it, does it really come down to that, the, the history in the playoffs of both of these quarterbacks? Yes, Dan, you have a, a lot of variables that you put into the uh, power rankings and, you know, the history, uh, you know, the results, uh, their play uh, and past performances, all is part of the equation. Um, I mean, each little factor, when you talk about whether it's Mahomes and his record, whether it's uh, Jackson and what he's done in the playoffs in the past, it's all part of that equation. So it's very, it, it's, um, in, when when I tell people when we make lines in the back room and we're usually the Superbook is usually the first ones to post NFL lines on a week weekly basis. Um, I always tell everybody um, you might be a little disappointed on how we make these lines in the back room because it's the four or five of us in the back and we have this discussion. We post our numbers separately and then we then we uh, share them with all the others. And then we might have another discussion based off of, of those numbers. And that's it. Hmm. I mean, you know, we, you know, we do have power rankings and everybody's power rankings might be just, um, you know, it, it does vary a little bit. I mean, we're, we're pretty close to one another. So again, when we look at all these different variables, whatever coach Bill brought up, um, you know, uh, hmm. past performances, the injuries, you know, how, how healthy, you know, some of the, the key players are, uh, you know, is he 80 percent? Is he 90 percent? All that is en- encompassed into the, the power rankings and the spread. And uh, that's why we have as many odds makers as we can in the back room, because there's so many different opinions. The more opinions we have, the stronger the line is. Jay Cornegay is with us from Superbook here on GCR. There's some fascinating stuff in there, Jay. Like I I'm guessing based on the fact that the AFC would be favored, that means the power rankings kind of generically look like 49ers, Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, and the Lions are kind of bringing that down. And that's why despite the fact that the the 49ers are the top favorite still for the Super Bowl, the AFC in an AFC versus NFC Super Bowl matchup is one-and-a-half-point favorites because the Lions are kind of definitively seen as the fourth team of the four. Spot on, Glenn. Right, right on the nose there, and that's why you know the, because there is a little gap between that third and fourth place team right yeah. now, uh, between Kansas City and Detroit. You know, Detroit's lagging behind, but I, I can tell you that everything will change this weekend. If if the let's just say the 49ers were to route the Lions, and it's you know thirty five to ten, and uh, the Ravens get by the Chiefs, at, you know twenty four twenty. You know, that spread could be three, could be three and a half in the Super Bowl. But, you know, the opposite could happen, too. If the Ravens just, you know, run, you know, run the Chiefs out of the building, you know, and the 49ers struggle and just get by the Lions, the Ravens could be three, three and a half point favorite. 
Jay, the, uh, the, the other game, the NFC Championship game, Detroit at San Francisco, it stayed at pretty much seven the entire week. It, is that liable to change as we get closer to game time if we know that Debo Samuel either is a definite to play or not to play? You know, Debo is an interesting player, and um, you could see the struggles that the 49ers had with without him, you know, but it was right on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, had all week to practice without him. Um, and even if he does play, we, we all assume that he's not going to be even close to 100% um, with, you know, the, the practice uh, reports that we're getting. Um, he could be 80, 85, maybe 90 at the best. So... Um, I would expect that if he was announced that he was playing, there might be a little shift. I don't, I don't see a shift in the seven, but maybe um, you'll see more split lines, minus seven, minus 20, minus seven, minus 125, something like that. Okay. It'll be a slight bump. Um, but uh, once the public gets a hold of these games, and the general public really don't bet these games until game day, and that's, you know, that's, that's going to be a huge factor because this is one of the, the rare days that the public money really will have an influence on the line. And I'm, I'm guessing that if Debo were to play, I, I think that the 49ers would get a spike uh, of interest, especially out here in the West. Um, however, when I polled the room and when I talk about the room, I talk about our sports book. Mm-hmm. And I was just uh, seeing that it feels like nine out of 10 fans are rooting for the lions. Uh, it feels like the whole country is rooting for the Lions, except for California. That's, they're like the Mets. I, they're like the Mets in the '69 World Series. The Lions. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I'm, it you know, a lot of people, even though the 49ers um, haven't won it in a long time, uh, I think uh, the Cinderella story out of Detroit is getting some momentum. All right. So run through everybody because it's not quite Super Bowl week. Like it's not the same number of props, but. All of a sudden this week, the NFL section at Superbook.com had a lot more tabs on it. There are a lot more options for everybody. For those of us that aren't out there, can you remind everybody what all are what are the more interesting props that became available this week that maybe weren't available during the course of the regular season and the start of the playoffs? Yeah, Glenn, I, I, it, it really does snowball as we go through the playoffs and the props become more and more popular. And obviously it really, um, you know, caps the, the entire season once we get to the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, we only have one week to do this or actually just a couple of days to post all these different propositions. And we still do it. I mean, some of it's done by a uh, data provider, but most of it's done manually by our guys. And um, we have everything that we can possibly get in there uh, as, you know, as little time as we have. But you're going to have so many different propositions for all the star players, you know, whether they're going to score a touchdown or not, over under receiving yards, over under rushing yards. You know, will this guy catch a pass? Will he not catch a pass? Will there be a missed field goal? Will there be a made field goal? Will both teams make field goals over 33 yards? Uh, It just goes on and on. But. They, um, they, they, they get their attention from the betters, but it's nothing like the Super Bowl where we'll have over 500 different propositions. And those propositions outhandle the game itself. Those propositions will probably get around 65 to 70% of all bets once we get to the Super Bowl. 
That is wild. That is absolutely wild. So I, I happen to be someone that likes the uh, the Ravens in the first half, and I see the double result is available. So do they lead at halftime and then win the game? Like, there's a lot of that type of stuff available as well. So go check it all out at Superbook.com. Download that Superbook app, and when you do, either use the code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23 when you sign up. You'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Jay Cornegay, I know it's going to be a hell of a weekend out there. Uh, looking forward, hopefully, the Baltimore Ravens are making an appearance in Vegas in a couple weeks, and maybe I can come say hello and see you out there in a couple of weeks. So let's keep our fingers crossed about that around here. Appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks, Enjoy the Jay. weekend. Yeah, I'd love to see you guys out here, and we'd love to see the Ravens in Las Vegas. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks, All Jay. Right, you too. Jay Cornegay from out in Vegas. Great guy. Really Bowl. good yep. guy and Insightful. really yep. – Knows, I knows I have this cold. weird feeling that if it ends up being Ravens 49ers, that by the time we actually get the next week, that number will flip. I've had you think Ravens are favored either two and a half, a, either not no not that far point and a half maybe a point point and a half maybe right now I've had other books <laughs> tell me that they've already started deciding it's a pick, and I think the action will go to the Ravens because the casual fan will remember what happened in the. On the Christmas game. In that game and the fact that we will have had to beaten right. Kansas City. Right. Which Correct. is slaying a big dragon. But that's just I I don't know as much as Jay Cornegay does. That's just my, you know, spitballing hypothesis about how things go. All right, Stan the fan. Uh appreciate you. I'm gonna duck out. Yep. I know you've got yep. a chat you had to do earlier with, the, with Trey Mancini. Uh good to see you as he always. Ask about me? Uh, you know, he didn't. Uh, yeah, he did say, "Did he get that thing taken care of?" And I said, "Well, there are a lot of things, Trey. <laughs> a lot of things." Right. I'll um, see you next you're back week. in action on Monday. Back in action on Monday, and I uh, hope to be on with uh, Project Game Day Sunday if the night, Ravens yeah. win after after the NFC matchup. Look forward to that. Thank All you, Stan. Right. Appreciate Thank it. Good to see you. Um, we'll go ahead and and wind down. We did tubular. We did all that sort of stuff. So you can go. You know, we we took care of all the business we needed to take care of around these parts. Thanks today to Brian Billick. Thanks to Jason McCordy. Thanks to Marty Bass. Thanks to Danon Hughes. Thanks to Bo Smolka. Thanks to Jay Cornegay. Thanks to Stan the Fan. And thanks to Trey Mancini, who you're about to hear from. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab Clarkradio.com. On Monday, you know what it's going to be. Either jubilance... Or let's not talk about it. That we'll see on Monday. And, of course, as Stan mentioned, Project Game Day. Sunday night, uh, if the Ravens win after the NFC Championship game, we will be there with you for that. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Ravens. Go Ravens. Go Ravens. Go local hoop seems too, but go Ravens. Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show. I've, I've worn my, uh, got my oh, Baltimore, Baltimore shirt on today. We're uh, celebrating uh, someone special's birthday today, and Trey Mancini took a couple of minutes with us a little bit earlier to uh, chat about that special person and some other things as well. We wrap up today's show with Trey Mancini here on GCR. So a year ago, we kind of, this was, 
it was not intentional, but it was really special, and I wanted to keep this tradition going here on GCR. So a year ago, we had been wanting to catch up with our next guest because he had won the World Series, and we were so happy for him. And it just so happened to be that he had a busy offseason, and he suggested we should chat on January 26th. And when he said that, we weren't thinking at all about what that meant. As it turns out, that was Mo Gabba's birthday. And here we are again on January 26th. And I thought there's no one more perfect to talk to today than our friend, former Oriole, World Series champion, and now Miami Marlin. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program our buddy Trey Mancini. Trey, it's Glenn. It's so good to chat with you as always, particularly today. Thank you for taking the time, my friends. Of course, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Trey, earlier in the week, I was chatting with our buddy Jeremy Kahn, and today Mo would have been 18, and it struck me, right? And I know you, you're an inspirational figure, um, but Mo, I-, I think, could have spoken to corporations, to world leaders. Like, that's the significance that I, I think that he could have continued to have as an adult. When you think about Mo as an adult and where he was going, how do you believe he might have continued to change the world? Yeah, I think he uh, he would have just kept doing what what he was doing, and that's that's um, you know all he would have needed to do. Um, and look what he did um, in the fourteen fifteen years he he was here. Um, and I know he would have continued it, and um, you know even more people would have gone to meet him and and know his story. Um, you know, and see all the good in him. And um, he's just, you know, still the most special person I've, I've been lucky enough to meet. Trey, you know, you think, I know we've talked a lot about the responsibility of continuing to tell people about Mo and right, like this will be a special weekend because people will tune into the uh, AFC championship game on Sunday and they'll see Mo lit up in the end zone still, which is wonderful. But you know, how much, how important is it for you everywhere you go that, that you continue to let people know about this young man and, and the way that he impacted you? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was going to say watching the divisional game this weekend, um, you know, I, I saw the MO in the end zone and, and um, you know, cracked a big smile. It's, yeah. it's absolutely unbelievable the impact he left, not only on the city, but the world now. Um, and so many people watch Ravens games and see that MO in the, in the end zone. And, um, you know, maybe they'll look up, what does it mean? Um, you know, why is the MO a different color than everything else? And they get to see most stories. So I think, um, you know, here we are four years later and, and he's still having this massive impact on everybody. And it's, it's incredible. Can you, you know, for people that, that maybe, I don't know how anybody doesn't because you were so kind to talk so openly about how much Mo has meant to you, but you know, for, for maybe somebody that's hearing this for the first time that doesn't know, you know, the history of your relationship with Mo and, and how personal it was, could you share a little bit of it with everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I met Mo, it would have been my second year um in the majors and um so it was 2018 i had heard his story um and and got to meet him early on in that season and then um you know that year i got off to a rough start had some struggles um and and was kind of i was having a tough time that year and during the all-star break i decided to stay in baltimore instead of going somewhere else getting out of town for the all-star break and um 
Mo, Sanzi, and I went to Dave and Buster's in town, and we just had the best day. Um, and getting to hang with him and, um, you know, just genuinely, like, spending some great time with he and his mom, you know, not on the field and, and not, you know, even around baseball, just getting to hang with them was such a, a joy and such a, um, you know, life-changing day for me. And, and from then on, we just struck up a big friendship. And, um, you know, I um, really – credit a big part of turning it around that year and, and leading into the next year in, in 2019, um, you know, which ended up being a great year for me. Um, I, I really credit Mo with a lot of that, just helping me change my perspective and kind of snap out of that rut I was in. Um, not even baseball wise, but just um, in all facets, you know, it, it was just such a big perspective change for me to see his attitude and to get to know him. I feel like what you just said there, Trey, is so important, right? Because I think a lot of people at the end with Mo were like, hey, you know, you guys did such wonderful things for him and his time and lifted him up. And, and I, I could always sense that from somebody like you, like, no, dude, it's not that way. It's the other way around. <laughs> like, yeah. what he's doing for me about a billion times more significant. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, it was just enjoyment all the way around anytime you get to spend time with him. And, and he left that mark on literally every single person that I know that ever was lucky enough to meet him, um, you know, has, has the best things to say about him as, as they should. I mean, there um, is, is not one even remotely negative thing you could say about the kid. He's just the most genuine, um, just had the most genuine soul and, and just the best attitude that you could ever imagine. Um, especially given he was dope. I, I couldn't agree more. Of course, Trey Mancini with us on GCR. I've said it before, but like I, I've experienced a lot of things, and short of the birth of my own children, nothing has had the impact on me uh, that holding Mo's hand did. Like I agree. <sighs> yeah, agreed. It, it's it's so hard to explain it, and I think I've told you before, Trey. Like we had done this story, and Eric DaCosta, the general manager of the Ravens, had talked about like how he thought he was feeling God. When he held Mo's hand, and I was like, I, "That seems a bit much. I don't know if we can run that. Like, that's almost over the top." And then I did it, and I said, "Oh my God, I, I know exactly what he felt because I just felt it too." Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's just somebody that, no matter what, you know, he he's somebody that, um, even if you were having the worst times imaginable, he he could just restore your faith in humanity. Um, you know, we, we can only we say happy birthday. Um, we think about him all the time. We continue to tell his story. And, um, you know, we, we wish you were here. We're going to get together with Sanzi and her family tonight and, and celebrate. And, uh, you know, I, continuing to lift her up and everything that she has been through in her life. What, a, what an unbelievable woman, the way that she was willing to share her son in those moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Trey Mancini with us here on GCR. So, um... South Florida doesn't seem like the worst place to be, right? <laughs> no, no, not bad. Um, and I, I live down here too, so it's it's um, definitely exciting for um, for us to yeah sign with a, a local team. So tell me about you know I, I I know this season did not go the way that you wanted it to go. Um, did you ever wonder if like you know maybe it was it? Like, can you just sort of walk me through what led to it being the Marlins? Um, yeah, like, you know, I had gotten released from the Cubs back, uh, at the very beginning of August and yeah, it was a tough season. Um, you know, and I've had a lot of time off. I had a week long stint with the Reds, um, toward the end of August. Uh, so I played with their AAA affiliate in Louisville, 
Um, you know, which was a great week. I, I hadn't played minor league baseball in a really long time. Do you mean so that? I like, okay, I, that's so weird for me to hear you say. Like, did you actually dig it, or were you like, bro, this is a this is kind of no, humbling? It, no, it it was. Um, you know, it, I think it was a really important week for me. Okay. And, and um, you know, I I had had a pretty decent week. You know, like to hit a couple opposite field home runs, which I hadn't really done in in quite a while. Um, and, you know, at least help me going into the rest of the offseason know that, yeah, I can still do this. And, and it gave me time to really reflect on a lot. And, um, and yeah, I, I think it was, you know, that week kind of springboarded my offseason. But I, I think I mostly just chalk it up to nothing more than just thinking too much. And, and when I say that, thinking about my mechanics and what I'm doing rather than playing mindless baseball um especially at the plate and mm. just see ball hit ball i've got to be like that and and think absolutely minimally to be successful and it's something i did very well early on and um you know something that's gotten away from me but um yeah that's something that i control and have the ability to do how has your perspective changed it, it, it trey you know everything like everybody knows what you've been through yourself health wise how has it changed your perspective and when you go through these types of things like are, are you do you find yourself being able to be more grounded like hey none of this is the end of the world or are you still so uber competitive that like that the perspective kind of disappears from your mind in those moments um i'd say a little bit of both you know it, and especially it's not like i went through everything that i went through in 2020 with with cancer coming back you know it's not like right then i um had that perspective changed totally have been like, Oh, I've been, you know, through the cancer battle and everything like that. So, um, you know, everything should be quote easy, you know, no matter what, I think it took even more struggles baseball wise. Um, and almost my worst fears coming to fruition, you know, signing a two year deal and getting released four months in, um, you know, it's very, it, it's humbling and it, it definitely, um, you know, switches your perspective a bit and yeah i feel like i've basically you know on the field off the field been through just about everything so there is definitely kind of you know i don't want to say no fear going into the year but i really do like where my mindset's at and and um feel very confident and along with that you need to have that chip on the shoulder i'd say a bit sure. and um, that competitive fire you know that's so it's so important for for all of us and it's definitely something I think I've gotten back to um, having all this time off. So I think those two things together can be a, a really good mix. You got to have that. I mean, it's a Michael Jordan night. You got to have something that you take personally, right? Like you got to have that. Yeah. Um, there's a new baseball coach at the Naval Academy, and I haven't had an opportunity to chat with you about him. And I know how important he is to you. How cool was it for you oh, yeah. that uh, Chuck got that job? And, and what is he going to bring to a place that's already really special in Annapolis? I can think nobody better um, to coach a Naval Academy than, than Coach Ristano. I was so excited when I heard the news. Um, you know, he w he got to Notre Dame at the same time I did in the fall of 2010. And uh, from from the moment I met him, I always knew he was a head coach. He was going to be a head coach one day. Um, and he is just the, the perfect guy for the job. And I think um, you know, all the Navy baseball fans should be so excited to have him as a coach. Um, he means so much to me and, and, um, 
is just one of the, the best guys I know. And he is going to do such a great job with that program. So, um, yeah, I definitely have a, a very strong rooting interest for Navy now to go along with Notre Dame. That's really baseball. cool. That's really can, can you yeah. tell me? Because I think from afar, people would be like, well, why why would Trey connect with like the pitching coach like that? Like, what can you tell me what how that connection happened? Yeah, I, I mean, I was close with all of my college coaches, but um, yeah, he does such a good job. Even when he was a pitching coach, he'd always ask hitters certain things to make the pitchers better, and he'd also give us tips about things that would make us better. Um, you know, he didn't just strictly focus on the pitchers per se. It's not like he told us what to do, but he'd give really good advice and help us learn how pitchers think and what their plans of attack might be. So he really helped me out a lot. And, and cool. obviously we stayed close through all the years. He threw to me in the home run derby. Um, he was at our wedding, um, you know, a little over a year ago. So he, he's somebody that um, I still consider a, a dear friend. That's awesome, man. And uh, I, I have to ask you, and I, I imagine it was probably a little bittersweet, although, you know, you got it, you got a ring on this path. So I guess that makes it all right. But seeing what the Orioles did a year ago, knowing that you had been there when it had started to turn, I, I'm guessing knowing you and the conversation we had, you weren't very surprised by how they were no, able to accelerate. No, yeah, no, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, but I think, especially once the team turns and gets really good again, I think people forget um, kind of where we were at the end of 2018, um, you know, when Mike and, and Hyder took over. And, and in a short amount, that short amount of time to, um, you know, go from where we were to having the best record in the AL, um, it's an incredible accomplishment while also, you know, completely building up the farm system. Um, so, you know, that's a testament to those guys and the players that they scouted, developed, and and a lot of the guys that are there is still there too. Um, you know, it's just such a good mix, I feel like, and, and I can say that firsthand because I saw a ton of these guys play, but um, and, and I know they've got a lot of great players waiting in the wings. So it's it's a team that, you know, in my opinion, should have sustained success for a while. I wanted to ask you about this because this was a, we, we, you know, it's funny. You were, when we, after we renamed the award, you, of course, were our first Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year at Press Box, and Brandon was Sports Person of the Year last year. And I asked him a question if there was a player that maybe didn't get enough credit for how much their impact was on, on how things changed. And he answered it so quickly. And the name that he gave me was Robinson Chirinos. And it was kind of uh, like really, it caught me off guard. I'm like, really? And he, he could not have been more effusive. I wonder if you could shed a little bit light of light about that and how Robbie had an impact in changing the culture and getting guys to believe in winning during his short time with the Orioles. Yeah, I think, you know, Robbie had been in the league for such a long time. And um, just his temperament, his attitude, the way he showed up every day, he, he's, one of the most, if not most unselfish guys um, that I've ever played with. And I think him kind of coming in in 2022, having not been there, gave, you know, maybe a fresh perspective and um, the way he instilled belief in everybody, um, you know, not being there before and then getting there that year and seeing what players were there and, and um you know, he basically said, like, this team can be really good. Um, he said that early on in the year, and, and he was right. But I think it's just his overall temperament and his natural leadership. Um, you know, just so many guys gravitate towards that, and he did such a good job, um, 
when, when he was there in just one year. It seems like he was there longer, but um, yeah, he, he, you know, was absolutely incredible. It's awesome, man. Uh, I assume uh, you're still pulling for the Ravens at this point. I mean, we, we used to come out through the tailgates. I assume there's got to be still some Ravens love, right? It's... Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know how well known it is. I'm actually a commander's fan, but um, I don't, know. I, don't I, I hate yeah. that, I don't, <laughs> My mafia from Bowie, just yeah, how, my whole life. How had you had such um, an opportunity to just say, "Why would I, I know, need that I know, sorrow and sadness in my life? I can just forever course, do no, that." I, <laughs> I was on the Orioles for such a long time, and I think they and the Ravens have such a cool relationship. Yeah. The two organizations that um, you know, I got to meet a lot of the guys on the Ravens, and um, and yeah, they're, they're everybody that I talk to in their organization was great so i definitely do root for them too and how's uh how's married life how's sarah how's everybody Sarah's great yeah we are uh yeah we are awesome so that's awesome um yeah man yeah trey i Could you know happy. i'm so happy for you um and and hopefully it's not like a world series matchup this year and that would be awkward and I wouldn't like. I wouldn't enjoy rooting for um, you to, to strike out or anything like that. That would be very difficult. Um, but I'm always happy for you. Great, very glad that it's the Marlins, and and really appreciate the fact that it means so much to you to continue to tell Mo's story and talk about it and how much he meant to you. So thank you as always, my friend, for spending a few minutes with us today. And let's look forward to doing this again real soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Glenn.